hello, this is Guillermo del Toro, and you're listening to Out Now Podcast. Hello. We are now recording, and this is Out Now with Aaron and Abe. I am Aaron and Abe. Well, Abe, 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 he's not here this week. Out Now is a film podcast where Abe and I discuss new movies weekly. We cover some various movie topics, jump into a mostly spoiler for your review, then jump back to other fun movie topics. This is episode 323. 323. Another numeric palindrome that Abe would be happy to point out if he was here. The main feature for this week is Avengers colon Infinity War. The epic culmination of 10 years of work for Marvel. Yeah, all that stuff that Feige says and all those commercials you see in the theater. Uh, that's what we're talking this week. Joining us to discuss Avengers Infinity War, we have from Lenoir Artur, wondering why his nickname hasn't already been Ebony Ma. It's Terrence Johnson. <laughs> that was <laughs> that's one of my favorite characters in the movie, so I love <laughs> that intro. <laughs> also joining us from Fast Film Reviews, hoping to be nominated for the position of Dwarf King of the Stars, it's Mark Hoban. Hi, everyone. And once from the sunny plains of Iowa, he put his silly video game down to join us for this show. It's Jonathan Van Dyke. What, what? Here for a movie the same weekend. <laughs> How are the three of you doing this evening? Very well. Good. Glad. Glad to have you all here. Uh, I'm excited to do this show. Um, it's been a minute since we've been able to record a full episode about now with Aaron Abe for a variety of reasons. Um, some more emotional than the others. Uh, but yeah, we're back for... <laughs> yeah, exactly. We're back for a full-on episode. No more bonuses for now. Um, but if anyone's been paying attention, I've <laughs> I've gotten the three guests that have all been on bonus episodes to make this Avengers of Out Now podcast episode. So I, I, I had fun with this. <laughs> I, I, I liked what I had planned there. And it all worked out. Uh, you could have heard John on the um, Isle of Dogs episode. Uh, you would have heard Terrence on the Rampage episode. And you just heard Mark last week on the Summer Gamble episode. So now they're, I've combined all of their powers into into the out-now gauntlet. And here we are talking about Avengers Infinity War. It's their own, own version of the Avengers. Exactly, yeah. Anytime I hear the words, our powers combined, I always think of Captain Planet, though. Yeah. And by its extension, you think of Don Cheadle, who is, of course, Captain Planet and War Machine. So it goes back to Avengers. It all works out, Terrence, I'm telling you. It's all right there. <laughs> yeah. Um, let's see. Let's get to some show notes real quick. First up, a new commentary track. We recorded our commentary for this month. It is for the film from 1998, Lost in Space. If you're like, man, I've been having a lot of fun binging the new Netflix series, I should go back and watch that 1998 movie starring Gary Oldman and friends Matt LeBlanc. You're in luck because you can listen to us talk over that and explain how Matt LeBlanc and Gary Oldman are really good in that movie. The movie's whatever, but they're good in it, so there you go. Um, yeah, that's a commentary track we have now. It's a lot of fun. It's two hours and ten minutes because some reason somebody thought, hey, we should remake this TV show Lost in Space and not have it be a hundred minutes of easy watching, but a two-hour and ten-minute movie. They did that once. It was weird. By extension, there's now, you know, a 10-hour Netflix series. So what do I know? But anyway, that's up now. That's on iTunes. What else? Um, I talked about our bonus episodes, and we've had a slew of bonus episodes in the past month. I already mentioned most of them. The Isle of Dogs, Rampage, A Quiet Place, um, and our Summer Gamble, of course. Our Summer Gamble, most of you guys are all in this. Um, Terrence, Mark, you are participants in this year's Summer Gamble, among many others. And this is going to be good. I I'm looking forward to this. Um, all of us have Avengers Infinity War as the number one pick for highest grosser of the summer. And with $250 million, 
for its opening weekend. That's a pretty good bet that we've made, I think. But we'll, we'll see if anything has better legs other than that to climb above it. But I kind of doubt it, so we'll, we'll see. But yeah, that's that's where we're at. But anyway, if you want to hear that episode, you can uh, listen to that on iTunes now. Also, if you want to see all of our charts, everything that we have picked for the top 10 films that we think are going to you know, be the biggest course of the summer. That's on the Out Now Facebook page, facebook.com slash Podcast. You can check that out pretty easily. It's on, it's in our notes section. And what else? iTunes reviews and ratings. Good to get those. Helps out the show. Helps other people find the show. If you want to log on to iTunes, search for Out Now there on an aid. You can give us a star rating. That'd be cool. If you want to write us a little written review, that'd also be pretty nice. Uh, so yeah, thank you in advance. And I think that's all the show notes, so let's move on and get to know everybody, where each week we ask each other a question or two, try to set the tone for the podcast, and better get to... No, no everybody. everybody nice Abe will be proud of you for that for that for participating um i have a question for all you guys what's a movie that you did not expect to get emotional over is there, uh, any, is there any movie where you're like huh i did not expect to feel this way about this the impossible with uh, the the J jurassic park fallen kingdoms or jurassic world fallen kingdoms J. bayona directed the impossible yeah i <laughs> Did not. That's the first movie I have ever I had ever cried in, and I cried for like forty five minutes of <laughs> however long that movie was. <laughs> Starring Spider Man's Tom Holland. Yes, uh, baby Tom Holland. Yeah, he's very good, and that's why he's Spider. He's really good in that movie. Yeah, he was great, and uh, Oscar nominee. How many two time Oscar nominee Naomi Watts? Naomi so Watts. Just one. I'm trying to think of for what? One. She got in for the Impossible. Um, she going. She won Oscar for Impossible. For nomination? Oscar nominated, she's yeah. Like, yeah. No, she has, I know she hasn't won. Yeah, she's got two. What's the other one? Is it Birdman? Nope. 21 Grams. There it is. Uh, yes. Any others? I think for... Yeah, yeah for me, uh, I was surprisingly emotionally invested in the original Incredibles. I think there was a part where all the different family members kind of, like, combine and, like, are helping each other out. And there's that part where, like, the little kid is, like, you know creating that ball and and elastigirl and then his sister and they're all kind of like working together mm -hmm. and there was like a moment in that film where i really thought like wow i i really care about this family and i like the way they work together and uh it's it wasn't really you know when specific event it was just sort of the whole feeling that the film gave me but that i thought that was a really emotionally involving film it's funny you mentioned pixar because I also have a Pixar answer, and it's like, you know, for a lot of them, you kind of expect to get emotional these days just based off what Pixar seems to want to do, which is make kids laugh while their parents sob. Um, but for the one, because it's one that I didn't expect, it's what I revisited, I think I mentioned this before, I revisited A Bug's Life um, when it came out on Blu-ray, and I hadn't seen that movie in like a good number of years. And for some reason, by the end of that movie, after Dave Foley's character, Flick, had been like, basically just been getting shit the entire movie for trying they finally were like, we should give a hand to Flick because he helped us get rid of the grasshoppers. And I, I just started like getting kind of, I was like, yeah, he has, he, finally, he's been getting, he gets his respect for the things he's been doing. It was more like, just as much as like, you know, end of Monsters, Inc. or something like that. I was like, okay, I'm actually, I'm really into this right now. I still, like, I don't rank a Bugs Life very high. I don't think it's bad. I think it's quality, but I mean, it's like, oh. That got me more than I expected to watching it again. Guys, I am I'm feeling like such a failure on this question. <laughs> am I just empty inside then? I don't know. But <laughs> I am certain that there's gotta be some comedy where like what what would it even be? I don't know. I was trying to think if like there was some sad part to like twenty one jump street or something like that where I was like, <laughs> where I was like, Oh, like I, I don't know. I don't 
This is hard. I'm going to your, have to. Your precious I'm Wes Anderson didn't get think. you at some point? <laughs> Wes Anderson movies are supposed to be sad, though. I don't know. Mm, there's got to be like a romantic comedy or something. Uh, oh. I actually. Oh, 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 oh. Uh, um, uh. What was that? What was that uh, romantic comedy where it was Michael B. Jordan, Miles Teller, and Zach Efron? We're calling that a romantic <laughs> oh, comedy? <God. laughs> uh, that awkward moment, I believe. I feel like I remember feeling empathy about it at some point, and I don't know why. You're like, why, why are these people in this? <laughs> I, whatever I, I enjoyed it whatever i don't care three people who can barely act leaving whoa shots fired at michael b jordan yeah he's the barely <laughs> the other two are the what you know oh man terrence isn't a jordan fan some... for some reason it's it's disconcerting mm. uh... i'm a jordan agnostic wow does this mean you don't like whiplash then no i don't he doesn't like wow whiplash, <laughs> <laughs> this is making me emotional right now <laughs> <laughs> all right um what else we have in addition to our question we also have our poll that we've been doing well we relaunched the poll it's been a been a bit of a hiatus uh, but we've been doing polls on the podcast recently where i pit two movies against each other and choosing one means you save it but not choosing the other means that movie gets erased from existence as in everything changes involving the director the actors pop culture references, all kinds of things. And I was trying to think of what the perfect combination of movies to put against each other would be for this week in Avengers Infinity War. And I was thinking too big because I was like, what are these great movies I can do involving ensemble superheroes? And I thought, I'll go the exact opposite direction and go to considered bad superhero ensemble movies. So our poll was Batman and Robin versus X-Men The Last Stand. And the results are quite close, but I want to get your guys' thoughts on this first. What would you pick between the two to save? Batman and Robin or X-Men The Last Stand? That's easy. Batman and Robin. Yeah, uh, Batman. yeah Batman and Robin. <laughs> so all of you all of you side of Batman and Robin. Yep. For, for me, it's because it's just so enjoyably bad. I mean, as a kid, I feel like I allow... I, I like that movie, whatever. No, but I'm it's... Here. it's I'm just... here for Uma Thurman. <laughs> Uma Thurman and Dr. Freeze and the Starlight Express disco roller skating scene. Oh, yes. <laughs> you can't, you can't deny that. So, I want because I'm trying to think of like the ramifications of something like this. And if you didn't make Batman and Robin, I wonder what Joel Schumacher's career would be like. Like if he'd like go on to something like better because he didn't do this. Right. Like, I mean, Batman Forever, that was a hit for him. Um, and he was still making, like, a time to kill and stuff like that. So it's like, well, he maybe he would have went on to something different if, like, he didn't have this kind of considered a black stain on his on his, on his permanent record here. At the same time, X-Men The Last Stand, directed by Hollywood's favorite person, Brett Ratner, if he doesn't make that movie, does do we get more time for Brian Singer to come back and make the X-Men 3 that he wanted to make? Does that happen instead? All these questions yeah. I had. <laughs> I also think... You have to wonder about if Batman and Robin had been a critical and commercial hit, what the Warner Brothers would have done with the franchises. Would they have stayed? Mm -hmm. Would they have gone to the Nolan verse style of filmmaking or would they have stayed, you know, more pop and kid friendly? Yeah. Well, if it was a hit, that was the whole thing with Shuba. He wanted to do Batman. What was it called? Batman like 
it was something, but he wanted Scarecrow, and it was going to go, like, darker, finally, after making his candy-colored version, although I don't know he'd have that kind of legal. Regardless, there's way too much into it. I would choose Batman and Robin, yes. I would save that film um, between the two. I agree with you guys. And the poll, very close, um, also agrees with us. 52% Batman and Robin, 48% X-Men The Last Stand. One vote separated this. Uh, which I had to troll to get because it was 50-50 for most of the way. I had to like, hey, someone needs to give a vote so we can like end this. We had it, w- it was Kevin Costner in that 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 um, swing vote movie. That's what that's what we had here, and somehow we made that work. That's the only Kevin Costner reference I'll make on this show. Uh, yeah, the X Men: The Last Stand. When you adjust X Men movies for inflation, that's actually if you count Deadpool, is the second most popular yeah. or second most successful x-men film yeah he made a uh, shit so, ton of money <laughs> it was a big movie. yeah so i mean so audiences yeah. you know i think audiences enjoyed it more than i would say audiences enjoyed batman and robin because batman and robin is not you know that that didn't do so well i mean i, I would say i would say la- last stand came out in a more innocent time on the internet as well where things would oh, get yes. things well <laughs> batman and robin too i mean batman and robin also didn't even exist <laughs> Well, Bat- it, no, it did. It, 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 it did, but they. I wrote a whole essay about this actually with Batman and Robin as far as internet trolling became a thing because of Batman and Robin. Um, but it's. But as far as like how Twitter would respond to something like this these days, if like if Brett Ratner directed an X Men movie and it was what it was, I, I don't know how, what that kind of drop would be on the second weekend versus what it's like big open because it has a big opening. Like X the Last Stand, I remember that like for sure. It has like a huge Memorial Day opening weekend thing. Regardless, <laughs> Batman and Robin won the won this round. So there you go, and that's how you play. No, no everybody. everybody, it's good. All right, let's move on. Let's get now quickies. TM. Thank you. Each one now. No quickies. TM. Thank you, Mark, for filling in on that. Um, let's get to it. Let's let's start with John. John, what other movies have you seen recently? Uh, what have I seen recently? I oh, I finally saw Girls Trip. Yeah. And I thought. That was really good. There is a movie. I thought it was a little emotional at the end of Girls Trip. I I got caught up in in, in the friend in the friendship. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, no, I enjoyed I enjoyed it a lot. I thought it was I was excited to see it, um, but I didn't really know if it ultimately would be like just a here's a few laughs or if it like a genuinely like good comedy. And I actually think it falls much more into the latter. Uh, and and I thought it was just a a well-constructed kind of yeah uh comedy um what else i saw jumanji and i felt like that one i'd actually raised my expectations of jumanji i think too high and so (laughs) for some reason i found jack black funny the whole time which i I don't know what's wrong with me but uh, i was amused by that (laughs) but uh that one was more of just a mute little fits of amusement rather than me thinking it's kind of like a great movie or like a great comedy movie um so i think those are kind of the two outside of isla dogs that i saw all right right wait oh i saw ready player one and i and uh and i thought that that was very visually interesting and very brisk uh but like obviously so good for good for things other than its plot maybe some of its acting (laughs) (laughs) All right. Uh, Terrence, how about you? What have you seen recently? I saw The Endless. That's the horror movie, right? Yeah, like the cult, the UFO cult mm-hmm. movie where the two these two brothers who have escaped decide to go back because one of the brothers 
sort of wants the the clarity that only you know putting things behind you can get and it was really good it's very creepy because they lean into the low budgetness of it all right like the vfx aren't great like they're good they're great where they need to be and then at other times they're just good enough that you start wondering if what you're looking at is what you're supposed to be looking at, you know? So they like factored that into the storytelling because the characters in the story are very weirded out by everything and you're very weirded out by everything and you don't know whether it's just bad VFX or if you're actually supposed to be weirded out by like the shape that is on the ground. Um, so I really enjoyed that. And then I saw... Where, where is The Endless? Is that in theaters or is that on uh, like VOD? Uh, I think it might be on VOD now. Um, it was in theaters for like two seconds. All right. Uh, and then I saw The Accidental Tourist, 1988. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I was not a fan. <laughs> the, um, well, starring Watson Space, William Hurt? Uh, yeah, and I love <laughs> William Hurt. Um, even though him as Secretary Ross drives me insane, but we can... Talk about that later. Uh, <laughs> ready? Because so you mentioned Ready Player One, and I've just become so attuned now, particularly in this year, with like who the filmmakers or the filmmaking team is behind something. And it's like I can I like I, Ready Player One is written by like even if I didn't know Ernst Klein wrote it, I would know that a straight nerdy white dude wrote that movie. <laughs> And it's the same. With the, it's the, it's the same with the accidental tourist. It's like, oh, okay, this is one of those movies. All right. Yeah, actually, uh, Gina Davis won uh, the Academy Award for that yeah. film. Yeah, Support, she did. Be, best supporting actress, and it was also nominated for best picture, screenplay, and then score. It's a Lawrence Kasdan yeah. joint, right? So it's a, yeah. Yeah. So uh, it was, and then they made it, an awesome remake, right, guys? <laughs> <laughs> So the, yeah, that's so, it. So the the accidental tourist, not on Terrence's list of liked films. <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. Glad we got that on the record. I'm good. Um, all right, Mark, what have you seen recently? Um, a couple of weeks ago, I saw the death of Stalin, and uh, yes. it's a political satire about the power struggle that occurs after um, the dictator of the Soviet Union suffers a stroke and dies. And it's based on fact, obviously. It it has a uh, cast of people that they play uh, Nikita Khrushchev, uh, Beria, uh, Zukov, a whole bunch of uh, people uh, that were kind of fighting over who would take over. And it's 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 very dry comedy. Um, I would put it sort of in the kind of political satire like Dr. Strangelove or and, and then also because of the pol- politics of the thing, um, Duck Soup by the Marx Brothers. <laughs> All right. So it's, it's kind of a mixture of those two movies. And uh, yeah, I thought it was really fun. Um, it's, it's, I think it's a little bit dense. I think you might, for people who aren't up on their history, it might not be as uh, enjoyable. Uh, but you could still, you know, enjoy the sort of the silliness of it. And it's one of those things, the truth is stranger than fiction. And um, after I saw the film, it, it kind of encouraged me to kind of read up on on you know what actually happened and it's interesting like how much of what's in the movie actually did happen and how that sort of situation when a dictator 
falls by the side how you know the the power seat kind of becomes you know everybody's like sort of trying to jockey for position yeah i am a big fan of the film i've championed it on this podcast a number of times but i'm certainly happy to hear more about it again because it is quite hilarious and i'm happy to recommend it and hear more of that similar praise um because it's been in theaters for a little bit now it's still uh, probably in a smaller amount now given things that have happened but yeah yeah uh, death of stalin very good um, I've seen a number of things because I haven't talked about what I've seen in about a month. So I'll just kind of run through some of these. Um, I saw Beirut uh, with John Hamm. It's like a light Argo, essentially. John Hamm's like a former <laughs> diplomat. Um, bad things happen. He gets out of the game. Then he's get pulled back. He gets pulled back into the game. He has to negotiate a kidnapping that's occurred. It's fine. <laughs> my biggest <laughs> no, my biggest problem honestly not is a glowing recommendation. not a glowing recommendation no it, it's written by tony gilroy who wrote all the board movies so that was part of my intrigue as well as um it's directed by who directed it um uh, the guy did session brad anderson um who uh, is a director that has this like filmography that's all over the place so i always tend to be tend to be interested in what he's doing my biggest issue was honestly was john ham not his acting but just more of his character i think the writing of his person the drama he's going through just kind of fades away, so it just makes him less interesting. He just becomes like John Ham type. Um, so it's just it's it's an okay film that suffers a bit. Um, I watched Kodachrome on Netflix with. A, I was, I was. It's on Netflix. Aaron? Yeah, yeah, with uh, oh, okay. Sudeikis and Ed Harris, who never gives a bad performance, and uh, even in Geostorm and um, Elizabeth Olsen. It's fun. It's like a road movie. Ed Harris plays Jason Sudeikis' father. He's dying of cancer um elizabeth olsen is like his um caretaker they go like ed harris is like a photographer and so they want to go to kansas to find like the last place where like all these photographs he's taken are something along those lines and you know (laughs) comedy drama hijinks ensue um it's okay like it's a fine it's a good for like hey this is on netflix and it's 90 minutes that's fine like actually i think it's two hours but regardless, it's 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 fine. Like I for like a Netflix watch. Um, what else? Uh, the Adam Sandler movie of the week, a Chris Rock movie of the week of came on Netflix. I watched three minutes and turned it off, so I have little to say about that. <laughs> uh, instead, I turned on Beyond Skyline. Um, do you guys remember Skyline, this alien invasion movie from like 2010 or 11? Yeah, the better version of Battle of L.A. It's like the, I think they're both about the same as far as they're both bad, um, but, but yes, it's like the same. Except like this is like a, they're all trapped uh, in like a apartment building, right? That's like that's the thing. Um, I never saw it, but I do, I, I do recall it. They made a sequel to it called Beyond Skyline that stars Frank Grillo, who I like, and Iku Ues of the Raid films, and it's kind of. So it's kind it's it's good for one thing. It actually delivers on what it's trying to do, which I enjoyed. But it's it's kind of what we assumed a Cloverfield two would be, where they're talking how it'd be like a different perspective, like a different group of people what what they're going through. That's how this one plays. It's like it takes place during the same events around the same time, and then it goes well, the title, it goes beyond sky it goes to like the next day, essentially. And if you want to see like Frank Grillo and the dude from the raid like beating up aliens this is the movie that satisfies that that need like it does its job like it's i'm not gonna say it's high art but as far as like watching this movie on netflix and seeing it as a sequel to skyline a movie i didn't like it's like this actually isn't bad bad. like it has things going on that i enjoyed so so yeah there's that 
Let's see, normally around this time, last thing, normally around this time I'm covering the Newport Beach Film Festival. Um, I'm not doing that this year. And, of course, my lovely girlfriend, Anna, she she uh, used to work for the, she still programs in some moderate degree for the Newport Beach Film Festival. But uh, so as much as I'm not covering the festival, I did we, we did see a film together called A Boy Named Sailboat, which is quite good. Good enough for me to want to recommend it because I know these are smaller films that don't get too much, uh, too much kind of notice. Um, but it's it's kind of like a fable about this young boy who um, he he has a ukulele and he learns to play it and he, he has a kind of I don't want to go get kind of too far into it but he has it because it's there's some neat surprises but he 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 develops a song that becomes very popular for a variety of reasons um, it's very good it's a nice like it's kind of like a fable in um, modern day and um, it, it's just a, it's a good little movie. Um, and J.K. Simmons has a small supporting role in there, uh, among other people. Um, but yeah, A Boy Named Sailboat. I just wanted to shout that one out. And uh, yeah, so okay. So that's out now, Quickies. TM. Thank you, Mark. Sorry. <laughs> it's all right. It's it's all right. I was asleep at the wheel. It's all right. Let's, uh, let's move on now. Let's get to our trailer talk. We talk about some of the newest movie trailers of the week, when they're coming out, what we thought of them, what have you. And we got two new trailers I want to talk about this week. Um, first is for the new Venom trailer, because we talked about the first Venom trailer, I believe, when that came out. But now they had a trailer, and they thought, like, what if we had Venom in it? They decided that, and so they put a new trailer out that actually has a title character in it that you'd, you know... What if What if we actually <laughs> showed you something in this trailer? Yeah, so they did that, and so I want to get into our thoughts on this Venom trailer, because I'm very curious. Let's start with Mark. What did, what did you think of this Venom trailer? Well, I, I liked it. I mean, I, I think it gave us a little bit more of what we want in a trailer. Um, so I like the fact that it actually showed what Venom looks like. I'm not familiar with that character. He To me, he looks kind of like Alien. I mean, with the jaws and everything. But um, I, I was uh, captivated by the trailer. It looks like a superhero movie. Uh, so, I mean, sort of standard stuff. I certainly don't know what the plot is. I don't think the trailer really tries to even tell you. But I, I suppose that's what a trailer is supposed to do. Just pique your interest and then, you know, that's why you see the movie. So, I mean, I'll see it. Uh, Terrence, how about you? Um, so it's it's a trailer. I, I just think I think Venom is such a stupid idea. Um, <laughs> there's no... I was trying to sugarcoat it for your audience. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, I think that... I'm intrigued by it because of the caliber of actors that signed on to do this. Like <laughs> yeah. Tom Hardy, Jenny Slate, um, Michelle Williams, and Riz Ahmed. Like that's a good acting group. And so I just wonder what they saw in it. I thought that I know a lot of people are very excited about like getting to see Venom and he looks comic book accurate. I just think he looks kind of silly that transformation where like the face sort of folded up on him and the teeth yeah, also the teeth. <laughs> the teeth. <laughs> like the teeth is what <laughs> the teeth is what is killing me because it was like it'd be different if it like folded and then he like opened his mouth and the teeth and the tongue revealed but you you know i'm i'm still intrigued by it but i just think it looks silly <laughs> jonathan well, i mean it's a superhero okay. it's a superhero movie so yeah that's true john how about you? um yeah, I mean, I, obviously way better than the first trailer. <laughs> um, and uh, Terrence kind of stole my thunder there. I was going to say, I didn't realize all the people who are going to be in it. Um, and so that was kind of cool to see. Uh, but I am here for crazy Tom Hardy accent. And <laughs> uh, just 
I don't know. I'm 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 really hopeful for this, but I I like Venom. He's one of my favorite like comic characters. So uh, I've got a little bit of a bias toward wanting to see this go well, and uh, it looks like they're going to treat it like uh, maybe a little bit more body horror. And so I think there's a little bit of hope there. I think I was joking with Aaron that maybe they're going to do what, like, what the Fantastic Four failed to do in its reboot and, and do maybe some sort of darker body horror type thing with Venom. And yeah, uh, it's a little weird that they're not having him be like, it's funny that, you know, Mark said alien because in the comics, it you know, Venom is an alien um, symbiote. Uh, but it looks like maybe our, our boy Riz Ahmed is going to like cook him up in a lab or something. I don't know. <laughs> Am I correct that it is part of the, obviously it's a Marvel comic, but it's not part of the MCU? It's not part of the MCU. It's a Sony-produced yes. film. Yes. It's, 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 it's a so Sony. It's, a... it's kind of like Spider-Man Homecoming, because Spider-Man Homecoming was also a Sony, even though that was part of the MCU. But we don't think Feige and crew have anything to do with it. No, Feige's one. not a producer. Like, it's not, yes, it's not part of a Marvel yes. Studios. Yes, okay. But it's this weird sharing of DNA because Spider-Man is Sony and there's rumors of Tom Holland having like a small part in it or what have you. My old, which yeah. is weird because this movie's set in San Francisco, so I don't know what to expect. Um, my old thing is Venom... I'm not a huge Venom fan, but the idea of Venom works best because of the dichotomy of characters between him and Spider-Man. Like, that's, right. a, that's a big part of it. So it's like having a solo movie of Venom is like, that just seems, it just seems like the dartboard approach to making a superhero movie for the sake of keeping the rights. It's like, okay, we got to keep the Spider-Man characters. How do we do it? I know uh, Tom Hardy and Venom and anti-hero subplot. Like it's just, it's, it just screams to me like desperation to make sure we can keep using this character as opposed to, we have a really good idea of what to do with it. And then I look at like who's involved and apparently it needed four writers because there's four people that's credited on the screenplay and Ruben Fleischer's directing, who I'm not a big fan of. Um, so it just it, everything about this just screams like, all right, they did this because they needed to do this as opposed to why are these people like, I guess Tom Hardy really saw something in this. Everyone else is like, yeah, that's a good size paycheck. That's just what that's what it looks like on the outside. <laughs> I'd love to see this be a good movie. I would love to see this deliver on something that just screams like, oh, that's actually a really interesting way to go with this. But just watching, even watching this trailer now with 100% more venom in it, I'm thinking, yeah, all right, it's, <laughs> it's it looks like a mix of Spawn and Catwoman. Like that's that's kind of the impression I'm getting. Like literally in terms of the plot, <laughs> as far as Catwoman goes, it's like there's an evil evil businessman <laughs> and he, he's looking to do something. Like it just it just obviously I'll see this movie and I looked forward to getting higher hopes for it, but it's like right now it's not making the best impression. Like that's where I'm at. So yeah, <laughs> one one of the writers uh, wrote Fifty Shades of Grey. <laughs> I mean, I was looking at the writers, and I'm clicking Which on, like, one? what else? Uh, Kelly Marcel. Kelly Marcel. Kelly yeah. Marcel, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's kind of an odd mix of writers. Yeah. But... Which is, like, I don't She th wrote Save Mr. Banks. Not, not, yeah. not, that, not, that, not that, like, movies like this need to be R to be good. I'm not thinking that whatsoever. But it's like, the Venom, if you're going to give it, like, an edge, yeah, that would be the way to kind of lean it, it. like, But I really just doubt this will go that direction. I think it'll just be kind of this, like something along the lines of Suicide Squad where they spend a lot of time telling you how bad they are but they really don't ever do anything notably bad they just are just holding on the idea that they're this anti-hero group like that's yeah but 
I don't know. That's, that's no, I mean, I mean, it's definitely whack that like it's divorced from Spider-Man if it ends up being so. But I don't know. I mean, just I, I, I can't help but enjoy a the the effects of when Venom does kind of like totally envelope uh, Eddie Brock, and then like you know, and, and I do, and it it does look like it might have some very amusing like Tom Hardy talking to like the alien voice in his head. That yeah, that's the kind of stuff that I look forward to most. Because I, I, Tom Hardy's a great actor. Like, I really like Tom Hardy. I like seeing him in things. And if it's going to be like this Jekyll Hyde body horror movie, I'm all for that. Like, if that works and good on it, like, yeah, that'll be great, I guess. But we'll see. Uh, we got another trailer to do. So Venom arrives in theaters October 10th. They're October 5th. Uh, so there you go. Next up, we have The Equalizer 2. Still equalizing. He's back. Guys, it's Denzel. He has a gun on the poster, I think. No, he doesn't. He's just—it's just Denzel. It's just Denzel. Um, it's his first sequel ever. That's a weird That's thing to say. That's kind of mind blowing. It is, but it's true. It is his first sequel ever, and it's, he chose it to be Equalizer Two. Um, he's gotten back with Anton Fuqua because they're like, you know what? Robert McCall's not done equalizing, so I'm I'm gonna do some more of that. And we have this trailer now where it seems like. They're fridging one of the main characters from the first equalizer for the sake of making a second one, and now we have Pedro Pascal's in here. Um, Ashton Sanders is in this movie. I see, I saw, I think from from Moonlight. Yeah, he is. Um, and uh, lots of other things. Terrence, you just watched this trailer. What'd you think? Um, What'd you think of the first equalizer? Well, I, Are you a fan of that movie? I don't really remember the first equalizer. <laughs> um, <Okay. laughs> oh, I remember it. And. Why was this trailer two minutes and 44 seconds? Um, it's really long. I, You know, I'm intrigued by the concept of great actors in their 60s leading action franchises and how that has come to be, like <laughs> Liam Neeson. Um and, and it, is, like, it is kind of, I have to just, sorry to interrupt, but this yeah. amusing when you see Denzel Washington in the trailer and there's all these young guys and he's just like knocking them down one by one without any trouble whatsoever. It's, it's very, it's very uh, encouraging. Yeah. So, I mean, that, that might be, it might be a fun movie to go to, but if you, if it takes you two minutes and 44 seconds, you know, to try and convince me of that, then... There might be some problems. Well, Mark, where are you at? I, I, don't, I, well, I believe you weren't a fan of their first. No, equalizer. I hated. I hated the Equalizer. <laughs> it was one of the, my least favorite films of that year. There was a scene. It, I, the part I remember is that it was like almost like in a Home Depot where he's just like killing people with like I don't know like staple guns and and hammers. It was awful, and uh, it just gross and and just not. It's not the kind of thing I, I I'm interested in. And so you would have had to have really put together a fantastic trailer to get me interested in seeing a sequel to a movie <laughs> I hate. And this this movie does this movie doesn't do it. I mean it it yeah it, it sounds it looks awful. I mean it looks just as bad. It, it, let's put it this way. I'll put a positive spin on it. It looks just as good as what the original was. So you know I think if you're a fan of that film, then you probably will enjoy this film. John, where are you at with all this? I was gonna say I I don't think I saw the original. Um, I don't know, man. Like in a 
post John Wick world, what does this movie mean? Um, so, I mean, a lot of people die in the trailer. I feel like more people die in the trailer than have died in most action movies that get to play their entire amount. Um, they tell they tell us in the trailer that Melissa Leo is is murdered. I mean, or killed or something. Something happens to her. I was like, oh, she's back. That's nice. And then he takes a phone call and says she's gone. And I'm like, oh, okay. Well, she's not in it. I just I can't get over the fact that as a actor who's kind of known for taking the money. <laughs> that Denzel is like never done the sequel. It's it's crazy. How is <laughs> it? Just seems well, so easy. And like, why wouldn't any of these action franchises that somehow convinced him to do a terrible action movie like were like, hey, let's do another one? <laughs> I'm a huge Devil in a Blue Dress fan um, with Easy Rollins, and that's there's books where you can actually make sequels to this, and I so would have preferred that to happen. Than this, because I'm with Mark. I really did not like you. I'm the like. It's not even that I hated Equalizer. It's more of I did not like the movie, and the fact that it got so many good reviews made me dislike it more than I probably would have if I just thought it was like whatever. But for some reason, that 130 minute action movie was good enough for Denzel to be like, you know what? Let's do it. Let's, let's make another one of these. And yeah, this is what it looks like. And I guess I can only hope for the best. I I generally think Anton Fuqua is okay. Um, Magnificent Seven with him and Denzel was like, yeah, that's a move, that's an attempt, I guess. But here we are with another Equalizer, and it's not something I'm no, excited s- for. But here you we say are. the reviews were good. I'm looking at Rotten Tomatoes. They're at sixty percent. Yeah, I mean, they, okay, they were they were barely for, for movies that. What, for a movie like that, to see that not get like 30%, which is what I would expect watching that movie and being, you know, human, I was thinking, yeah, this is <laughs> like, clearly I'm in the right on this. But yeah, it did get overall better reviews than than I would have expected for that movie. Wait, what did non-humans think about it then? I, I don't know. Ask, uh, ask, uh, I'm trying to, <laughs> trying to name drop somebody. <laughs> ask, <laughs> actually, ask, 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 ask Mendelssohn. He gave it a good review. He's a friend of the show. He has to, he has to answer for himself in this. <laughs> <laughs> there you go i like it Hang somebody else out to drive <laughs> regardless equalizer 2 opens august 20th which i believe is the same weekend as mama mia here we go again so uh you know look at look out <laughs> guys the what a choice <laughs> I, way too much I think i'm gonna stay home that weekend <laughs> sorry to either of those films but <laughs> okay um <laughs> Okay, let's. Everyone's like, it's like, when are they going to talk about Avengers? <laughs> let's. Um, <laughs> let's. No, we're only doing trailers and quickies for that. Yeah, rest let's of the talk show. about Tag with Jeremy Renner from Avengers. <laughs> Not really, I guess. But anyway, um, anyway, let's move on. Let's let's get this timestamps. They know they can jump ahead if they want to. They can find out when exactly we're talking about these. Uh, let's move on. Let's get to our main review for Avengers: colon, Infinity War. The entire time I knew him, he only ever had one goal. To wipe out half the universe. If he gets all the Infinity Stones, he can do it with the snap of his fingers. Just like that. Tell me his name again. Thanos. That should have been some of the trailer for Avengers Infinity War. It's been made clear that 10 years and 18 movies have led up to Avengers Infinity War. 
This lengthy chapter in the Marvel Cinematic Universe has been something to anticipate since the end of 2012's Avengers. With over 20 major characters and plenty of familiar faces in the supporting cast, it was up to the Russo brothers, writers Christopher Marcus and Stephen McFeely, and producer Kevin Feige to pull off this sort of monumental crossover. The result is a fairly simplified story involving Thanos, voiced by in mocap performed by Josh Brolin, the Mad Titan. The menacing foe is bent on collecting the six Infinity Stones and erasing half the universe with their combined power. It'll be up to the Broken Up Avengers, the Guardians of the Galaxy, Doctor Strange, and Black Panther to stop him. I'll say right now, we will we'll review this movie up to a point as far as not going too far into things that take place that are considered spoilers. Uh, and then I'll provide some kind of warning as we progress more into that kind of territory. Um, but with that in mind, Terrence Johnson, where have you been with the MCU, and where are you in this film? Um, well, you know, I have seen I've seen every movie. I am an MCU stan, um, <laughs> so I've been I've been there every every step of the way. Um, I really dug. Well, let me. When I saw this movie a second time, I really dug it. The first time was such an emotional, stressful experience that I couldn't even. I didn't even know if I liked the movie. I was just so stressed out trying to figure out <laughs> if any of my faves were going to die and then just anticipating that. But the second time I saw it, I, I really got to appreciate it for what it was, which is a really good movie. I think that it's top five of the MCU for me. Um, it, 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 a lot of people appraising it because it was able to balance all of the characters being in these different places. But I do think you do feel some of the strain of them being in these different places story-wise. Um, but no, I, re I really enjoyed it once I kn knew who was going to bite the bullet. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Let's go to John. How about you? I know you've been a bit more ambivalent to some of the MCU entries in general. Were you yeah, um, but I mean, the original Avengers movie was one of my favorites, and I thought that I I didn't know if they were ever really going to be able to, you know, after Ultron, I wasn't sure if they were going to like do as well as the first Avengers, maybe ever, or maybe it was like Whedon had done something or cracked the code for that one, uh, or maybe that was the amount of characters you could have. But I actually do think because I I just thought Civil War was fine. But, uh, you know, this is the same team, I think, even right, even the writers, right? Uh, and, yeah. And I think, they, I think they're figuring it out, because I, I thought this movie was... You know, I, I think to say it's good, maybe the easiest thing would be, is this movie is two hours and 40 minutes, and, like, I think I would have been fine if it was, like, five hours. It went by so fast for that kind <laughs> of length for me, and I think that's kind of maybe the, the testament to its quality. Uh, and then also, I think, and you know, kill. I mean, it's hard to say that as a guy who likes Whedon, but like, I think this might be the funniest Marvel movie. Like, it, it just the breeziness of the jokes and and kind of its ability. I we've now been with these characters so long. I mean, this is essentially like if the Marvel Cinematic Universe is a TV show, this is kind of the like season finale of season one. You know, it's like number 19, so normally uh, network season's like 22, so we're, we're kind of in that zone, and I think we because we have the emotional stakes kind of through all the other films, this one's able to kind of be so much more fun and light while still kind of having that that gravity that, that you know, broke everybody up. 
at multiple times during this movie and, and got us all bumming out or, or wondering what was going to happen with who. Uh, but yeah, no, I think this was a, a, a fairly high achievement um, and, and it was really good. Mark Hoban, where are you at with all this? Yeah, well, I think going into it, it was an awesome undertaking. You are basically calling all the 18 films to this one moment. And I think as such, the film does a good job at doing that, juggling all these different characters, giving you some humor, providing those battle scenes that we expect, uh, and giving a, a, a little bit of uh, you know uh, time to the, all the characters that we love. Um, I think what it does really well is it gives characters that have never shared the screen before a chance to interact. So we see these exchanges between like uh, Star-Lord and Thor, which is really funny. Um, we see Tony Stark converse with Doctor Strange and their sort of egos clash. Uh, so those are things that I think really sell the film. Um, and there's also a few uh, scenes in the uh, battles. Uh, Scarlet Witch is assisted by Black Widow and Okoye in a, in a thing. And I, th I got kind of emotionally involved in it. It was this sort of this sisterhood thing where they're like uniting against one of the, uh, the uh, uh, Thanos' crew. Uh, so I think those are the things that it does really well. I think the part where it gets a little bit... <laughs> hard to get involved it, it it is basically part one of a five-hour movie and so I, i'm not going to talk about the ending but the ending is unsatisfying i mean it's essentially a cliffhanger to another film and so it leaves me kind of like huh okay so i need to watch the second part of this in order to kind of get the full story and i don't think that they try to tease you with things where i've seen enough superhero films to know that i'm not going to get emotionally wrecked by things that i've seen because i know that these things all sorts of things they can do in order to like handle what they, they're sort of promising here but as far as just the uh interactions between the different characters and and the fun of the battles and and the humor i ha i have to say though I, I jonathan you said it's the funniest mcu movie i mean thor ragnarok, thor ragnarok or or, or or the guardians of the galaxy i mean those were straight funny films through the whole thing this has moments of humor but i mean essentially the stakes are the entire universe so a, a, a movie can't really be too silly with that because they're like the whole human race is at at stake so i, I don't think it ever gets as silly and lighthearted as a film like thor or guardians but but they do have bits of humor in it which in, involving the characters that i mentioned and i think in those moments i think it does sell the film so i, I was guarded actually going into this film and i and i was and i so i had sort of like expectations that were sort of measured and i think i i was surprised that i think they did a pretty good job at at handling all the things that they needed to do i um i don't want to we'll get to we'll get back to the ending obviously we'll get that there where we can talk more of it like in a full capacity but for the type as far as the film goes i've been calling this the most summer movie that we might see this year because i think that's pretty apt there's so much movie here um as far as big stars effects the stakes at play, the kind of spectacle we're seeing. I mean, this is 
it is an epic for superhero movies, which is, you know, not something that you see all the time, given the, just looking at the names above the poster, it's like, that's a lot of, like, very good actors in one movie. <laughs> and it's unsurprising that I don't think all of them are served all that properly. Which does bring me to thinking of how this is essentially, yes, it is a part one of two movies, where I would assume the ones that I think are underserved here, underutilized, will most definitely have more things to do in the next chapter. Um, that said, as far as one movie goes, I did find it very entertaining. It's a lot of fun to watch this. I've said a number of times that, even before Ragnarok came out, that of the movies I was anticipating in this universe, which I am a big fan of, Ragnarok and Black Panther intrigued me more because I want to see what Taika Waititi does in this, and I want to see what Ryan Coogler's Black Panther looks like. I may like those movies more or less, um, but I was certainly looking forward to what the Russos would do with another Avengers movie, and they've delivered quite the Avengers movie as far as like things go in making all of this work. Um, if There are issues I can get into, and I, I probably will as we kind of carry on with this conversation, but what really works is those interactions. They have to group up these characters because obviously you can't have, you know, 60 different people constantly in one scene together. So the groupings that they go for, I really enjoyed. Uh, particularly stuff in um, New York um, where you have Doctor Strange and Wong and Tony Stark and Bruce Banner and Spider-Man uh, because it's cool seeing these people together. Like, I mean, it was Civil War. Obviously, you had a lot of these heroes together fighting and doing whatnot. But seeing, like, Spider-Man being in his home, you know, home neighborhood, swinging around, being an action scene involved with Iron Man and Doctor Strange against Thanos' minions, like, that's really, that's really neat to see. It's neat to see, like, that kind of, like, basically an issue from a comic book really coming to life, which is what this movie is. It's a, it feels like a lot of issues that have been assembled together and made into one big movie. It also makes the movie feel a bit problem, or kind of episodic. Um, and I don't think it affects the pacing necessarily, but there are like big gaps where you'll leave characters off in one place and you'll really want to know what's going to happen to them, but you have to take a lot of time going somewhere else. It's not entirely an issue that made me think less of the film, but it certainly communicated to me that it's it's a lot for these people to handle as far as making this whole thing work. What does really work is the main focus of the film, which is Thanos. Uh, I was very interested and concerned over whether or not we would get a villain in a series that's had a problem with villains that was capable of making me really care about what his latest evil plot was going to be that, you know, 60 superhero or whatever, you know, can't can't solve easily. And to the credit of the film, Brolin does a great job with this motion capture performance, which is, you know, an entire CG character. And the film does a good job of writing him. Like, they, get, they make me obviously not care for him as far as his goals but i certainly considered what he's trying to do and felt the felt the emotional weight that he that's being put upon him to be responsible for this kind of thing he's trying to do so those elements along with it being yes it is very quippy and fun for those reasons there's a lot of there's some standout actors in this movie and there's some action that really works overall but yeah all those things it really led to what i thought was a very entertaining movie it's more plot first character seconds in the same way that i think my best comparison was Kill Bill Volume 1, where that movie, you get all the action stuff first, and then the second movie gives you a lot more kind of introspective character work, which is why I like Kill Bill 2 more. But for what this is, it's really entertaining to watch. It, it does its job in that department, which I is what you kind of asked for with a movie like this. Doesn't it kind of make you wish that, like, there were movies that could just afford having every character 
be like an awesome actor. <laughs> <laughs> like it's just like they're like, you thought it was cool when we had these like five actors together in the first one. Well, now we're putting like twenty five together, and like that doesn't even count like the like Agent Coulson types. Who's not in this, but I'm just as an example. Like <laughs> spoilers, John. Agent Coulson's not in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! <laughs> uh, but I guess I'm curious. I'm curious. I have a question for you guys. Um, when I was watching this, for one moment, at some point, I don't know if it was. I think it was more of an intergalactic, like, um, framing or something. And I was like, Do you think about like the directing in these movies? Like, I do. Uh, like yes. In this movie, like, like, can you? artfully direct or like make real choices when it comes to like what we're visually seeing as far as what's in the in the frame of the picture i would say you're absolutely yeah i i agree and i would say you're speaking to one aspect of directing um, which i think does get kind of get caught up in all of this is like because it has a look that shows that it's being directed i think there's more to it than that but with this movie particularly it's kind of a jumble. Um, there's a lot of, there's a mix of like some, there's some steady cam stuff and there's some like shaky filmography or whatnot. And never really, there's not much of a rhyme or reason to it. I think the Russos who did a great job of winter soldier, I think have kind of dropped down since then, if that makes sense, as far as the quality of action and visual display, there's a lot to manage. Ooh. I don't deny that, but I, I, um, I, I've in looking at the root and Russo's who I, I want to root for in all this. I there was something about Winter Soldier where they just seemed to like have everything down as far as what they wanted to accomplish and how it wanted it to look. And Civil War I thought was a little more loose as far as the action, as far as what how they're framing things. And this is, is like another example of that where it does feel not messy, but it feels more of like there's a lot of ideas going on here because we have a lot of things going on and we never really like settled on a distinct feel for this particular movie. Does that make sense to you think, guys? For, I think that for... is the feel of this movie. Because I had to I had to disagree okay. <laughs> here in that I think I think that all of the you know, I think that all of the Marvel movies have their signature style. They're just sort of playing within the same sandbox. And I think that here in particular the Russos not only have to direct like a coherent movie, but they also have to pick up the styles from the other filmmakers. You know, like when we go to Wakanda, like that first trip can't feel like, oh, like the Rousseau brothers imagined Wakanda to look like this because Ryan Coogler has already showed you what it's supposed to look like. So now it's just like, how can you streamline that in with the others? And so I think that they do a really good job of, of directing, I do think like they did include a lot of shaky cam in near the end, mm-hmm. more than I thought they would. But given the emotions of that scene, you know, and the the brutality of having to face off against all of those six armed creatures, I think that that was that was fine. But yeah, I I think that the Rousse- I think the Rousseau's brilliance in terms of directing is their balance, like Winter Soldier is like a Cold War era spy thriller. And so they can do that. But now that they're getting into these movies where there are 20, you know, characters, it's like, how can we just balance this and make sure that we can showcase what we need to? Because that is an aspect of directing as well. 
And the narrative is quite simple. I mean, it's basically united around Thanos and trying to get his Infinity Stones, and we sort of watch him as he collects them throughout the film. And I think this film could have gone really wrong. It could have been burdened by lots of chaotic action scenes where we're really not invested in the characters, and there could have been a lot of, like, uh, sort of... What he does is he sort of compartmental or they compartmentalize these characters so you've you you've grouped these different people into vignettes and then those vignettes are what you're watching um you're you're not watching this sort of uh, i was never confused like i thought oh I i'm agree. gonna be confu- yeah. i'm gonna be confused by this film i think i think most even a, an uninitiated per i mean you're gonna you're gonna need to know a little bit about the mcu but I think even an uninitiated viewer can kind of go into this film and just sort of enjoy the the um, the battle scenes and the quips and things like that. I do wish that – I do feel like because, I mean, Black Panther just came out and it was so good that they could have dealt with – I don't think they handled Chala very well. I mean he sort of appears and he says, let's go forth and fight. But there really wasn't a whole lot with him, and I didn't think that – Captain America was almost like a non-entity in this film. I mean, he, first of all, I don't know why he has a beard, but I didn't like it. It's it was like he was. It's been, it's been a he, while. He, <laughs> he was like I. I wrote in my review he was more like Paul Bunyan than Captain America. I don't know. He's retired, Mark. I was, retired. I was really. Just, if there was if you one character, a beard. Yeah. Okay, David Letterman. But if, <laughs> if I was, if there was one character I was most disappointed by. It was Captain America. I feel like he was just like a, there. None of his interactions with Tony Stark that were part of Civil War were even part of this, and I assume that's going to happen later, but that wasn't even dealt with. Um, and then I, I do feel like the whole battle took place in uh, Wakanda, but uh, say for Okoye, who gets some really good uh, one-liners. And she's, looks. She has a look that I think is hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> she, she, she was an MVP in Wakanda, but the rest of the group, I think, was barely in it. And then... You know, but then of course Thor. If you want, if you're a Guardians fan, you'll be very happy because the Guardians are a big part of this film. And I mean, Gamora and Thanos have a history, and that history is a big part of this film. So you know, if you can get involved in all of that stuff, then you're gonna really. I mean, it's almost like a Guardians of the Galaxy film, but less funny. I was, I was gonna say, as far, I mean, I don't think this is a badly directed film. I, but I, I, I do think there's. It shows where there where it just feels like you know kind of put the camera here and show the introduce these people as opposed to really trying to in, integrate the styles of the different movies. You mentioned Black Panther, and it's like I didn't. I mean, besides playing Ludwig, what's his name, Goosefans, the, the score from the, his theme, it's like they just kind of like show Wakanda. I didn't really. It's, it'd be like they just like did an attempt to really it didn't feel like much of an attempt to bring Black Panther to life within this movie where the Guardians on the other hand I thought they did the best job of bringing them into this thing right as far as their introduction yeah. involving a song involving just the way they're I mean their banter is a huge part of who those characters are and that in the Russos that's their that's their game right there I mean they're coming from the rest of development in that kind of world and community like having characters banter with each other that's easy for them and, they, and it shows like those scenes that that introduction to those characters I thought worked the best as far as clear intros to who each one of them are again I don't think it's poor in that design I, I just I do think there are there's room for improvements which I look forward to I guess in, an, in another chapter that has more going on as far as <laughs> as far as like um 
the ease of seeing this movie without being like invested like in the full franchise i agree with you mark i mean yeah it's a very i think the story is very simple on purpose as far as we have a clear goal and we know who's where trying to do what like that's never unclear to me i just think the i i would also say though that the it doesn't necessarily suffer, but all of the, like, a good, like, 70, 80% of the dialogue is focused very much on the plot. It's very much, we need to go here because of this. They mm. deliver it in different ways, and it's funny, or what have you, or it's exciting to hear, or whatnot, but there's not much going on as far as who these people are. Now, we've had 18 movies to prepare us for this, so you're, it's kind of like, I don't know, a weird curve you have to go on. At the same time, I mean, there's, there's ways to do it, I think, to kind of involve you more and why these people are and not just what they're trying to do i but, think i think you guys are being very harsh that's not what well, uh, here's what here's the what harsh, i'm saying the harsh, think... in, the harsh in the wrong because what i will say like for me where i think the russo's drop not dropped the ball but like fumbled it a bit is how they edited specific so like we have to cut between different places on earth and different places out somewhere out in the universe and what annoyed me towards the beginning of the second act was that we would get to a point in a story in a particular location and then we would cut away. And it's like that, like the, the, the Wakanda one is, is the first one where you see uh, Bucky and Bucky gets the arm mm-hmm. and then it like cuts away for like 15, 20 minutes. And then, you know, we see Cap come there and it's like, why would you do like just finish that whole intro of people getting there, you know, and resetting that board off and then move away? So like that annoyed me in terms of the directing because I felt like they were like, oh, we have to, you know, drum up all of the possible tension in these different spaces and we have to, you know, make everything appear as if it's happening at the same time. Whereas I felt like they could have finished off stories a little better. I hear what you're saying. Like, I'm trying not to be... It's not that I'm trying to be overly harsh. It's more of, in an an attempt to evaluate why I don't think this is as high as I would rank some other Marvel films, I'm trying... I have to, like, decipher those reasons. There's one clear one that I'll get to when we get into spoilers involving the the ending. But there there are areas where I do think there are other, you know, team-up movies where they've... Like Civil War, for example. I, I do think Civil War in addition to giving us the kind of geek-friendly stuff of what would happen if these guys all fought together and Giant Man appeared and Spider-Man was around and stuff, they also gave us a, what I thought was a really good character study of both Stark and and um, and uh, Cap as far as yeah. why, they, why they are on opposing sides and what it means to them. Like, those are, in addition to getting a entertaining film, I got one that actually had me thinking about who these people are, what they represent. Now, obviously, this movie has so much to do as far as involving all these people in the midst of giving you a giant arc involving Thanos. So it's like, I, I get that it has to do these things, but I, I, you know, I, I can't just like give it and say, well, it's, it's okay because they had to do this. I have to try to, you know, evaluate what yeah. I'm seeing. Yeah, no, but stuff. what I, I just mean, into, I'm cause I'm very big into the, out, the, the auteur theory within the Marvel cinematic <laughs> universe. Um, and so, but I always, it's very interesting when looking at this, movie because I don't you know just in a reaction to what you're saying like I don't know how I would have felt if I would have seen like a a director imposing a style on me in this particular movie like sure it's sometimes I would say it's necessarily imposing a a full-on style but perhaps one that's a bit more refined I mean it's 
you know, it's not like the Russos are the best directors of all time. I mean, so it's like they're they're doing the best they can here, and they're doing a great job as far as they made a fucking entertaining movie. <laughs> like it's 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 very entertaining yeah. to watch, and it flows, and it's I don't think the pacing's off at all for being a two and a half hour movie. Like it does its job in that regard. At the same time. I wouldn't say it's the best directed movie of this series either. No, I mean, I liked it more than Age of Ultron, but I did not like it as much as the original Avengers. So that's kind of where I'm at. That's a hard one. I don't know. I don't know which one I would rank for. Probably the first Avengers uh, more than this one, though, just because it was so new. And also well, it's new. It's the most watchable, I mean, I'm, I'm I would here say. for Loki as, as the big bad in that one. Um, something I'm kind of curious about is I think. This one did a little bit better for me on the action scenes. Like, one of my biggest complaints about the MCU is, like, how garbage the third act uh, fight fight usually is. Like, I, I mean, God, like, Iron Man 3's third act fight is, like, the worst thing ever. <laughs> and, and um, like, I, like, even... I mean, I even rolled my eyes at, like, Black Panther's third act fight. Um, I, was, I was happy that because this movie had so much to service, that they kind of truncated the stupid, like, million henchmen coming at the superheroes part. And, like, we didn't really have, like, somebody has to fly this alien plane while everybody's fighting underneath. And like, I mean, they don't I would say it flows one. better, one this, one. Had, like, would, this one. This one flows quite well. I would agree with that. Yeah, and like I mean, Age of Ultron's like final was really bad too, uh, as far as fight. But but yeah, I thought the action sequences, like the the main ones, like especially uh, I don't know. Now I'm like, can I talk about that one? <laughs> I'm like, they're like I mean, I, I don't care. To- Tony Stark gets a moon dropped on him. All right, that's cool. <laughs> yeah, that was in the trailer. <laughs> <laughs> so like, I think. I think, and I've always kind of in this genre been a fan more of the type of conflicts that prim- that happen in this one, where it's like not a million things, but more like maybe three verse one or like four verse five or something like that, where it's kind of like, I don't know, I'm like, it, Avengers 1, it was fine when they dropped all the crazy aliens from the sky and like the giant... Like, well, yeah, there's a fresh, mon- there was a freshness to that that helped. Yeah, there was like well, a like freshness and that, it flowed well. Like, it, like Whedon had a great job. Of, I mean, he only had five characters to balance too, so it's like it wasn't yeah. this, wasn't this like a, a Herculean task <laughs> compared to something like this. Right, and I, but I always enjoy a little bit more of the intimate superhero fighting. So like this one, I thought was nice for that, and but I also just thought in general, like the the fights, I think. I think I read, I might have even read this somewhere rather than came up with it on my own, but like how things were choreographed and edited in the fights, I think kind of made them flow or, or you were able to kind of follow them a little bit better than, than some of the ones in the past have too. Yeah. Oh, I think it was easily follow followable. You could, you could tell what was going on there. It was clear action. I think the fight scenes are one of the strong points of this film. And, and then the way of the handling of the different characters and stuff, I think it is very, it's, it's a lot of organization, which I think it could have been a lot messier. So I think that's what, for me, that's what the directors brought to this project. I would say it doesn't feel overlong in the way some do, and it's because of what you guys are mentioning, the groupings of people. By having that as a, as a way to handle having so many cast members, I don't get too bogged down in saying, okay, they're still fighting this giant army. All right, 
complicated they're still doing that as much as i enjoy seeing that kind of thing at the same time i understand I, it, it can weigh on me i i'm not i i'm not adverse to criticizing an action sequence we're going on longer than it really feels like it needs to um there are some in this franchise that have that problem uh, but this one yeah because you have them separated off um into distinct groupings um, even if the action's a little bit samey as far as power explosion to the face um, over and over again, I mean it, it does what it needs to to do in order to kind of make like a very satisfying extended third act of this is what it's like when the universe is at stake and everyone needs to be fighting and to kind of save it. Um, we, we should talk about we should talk about Thanos a bit more because um, only I seem to have mentioned him so far. What did you guys think of Thanos? I loved Thanos, um, <laughs> and I, I think this movie did a really great job. I mean, I was. Going into it, I was totally fine if he was just like, I just want to kill everybody just because I want to kill everybody. That would have been fine for me. Um, but giving him some interesting emotional depth with Gamora um, and showing us sort of what happened to his world. And then he's just physically, you know, even without the stones, just physically overpowering he was a really great foil for the heroes because they were so disorganized and trying to get back on the same page and also just because he had a really great motivation and i thought that the um animation of that character the cgi was really good um it it is a great looking character as far as making yeah. that like it shouldn't be too surprising i mean these movies have the budget to do that kind of thing but i was impressed well, with how it incorporated he, brolin's look and it just it, you know functioned. Last, yeah yeah last november i think it was you saw a big team up movie with a gigantic budget <laughs> yeah. and a great actor behind the villain and it was dreadful so <laughs> like but, they, they they took the care here, yeah. I, I'm probably less enthusiastic about fully CGI creations. I, I would prefer a more organic kind of baddie. Um, so that's less uh, engaging for me. But, uh, I mean, it was fine. I, I kind of Another thing that I kind of like in my villains, I sort of enjoy the over-the-top, the, the Kate Blanchett, you know, in, in Thor Ragnarok. And... That is not what Thanos is. He's very understated, very low-key, very quiet. So uh, different, you know, I mean, different in terms of the kind of villains that we've seen. But uh, I did think I give the script points for trying to inject some emotional um, uh, weight in his relationship with Gamora and their history. I don't know so much if I buy his inner turmoil, um, which they try to sort of, I guess, some people were like overcome with his emotional kind of choices. I, I was just kind of like, okay, well, he, he wants to, you know, kill half of humanity, so he's going to do what he needs to do. But I still, I, I think there's enough in Brolin's performance where I did, I, I got that. What I like is that he's already kind of resolved to having to have to do something like this as far as eliminating the, the, the half the universe which is always fun to say as far as like the stakes that are at risk here compared to the the nicer times of like oh new mexico's in peril thor save us um <laughs> but um the i i i think brolin brought a lot to it i also think um 
uh, uh, Zoe Saldana brings a lot to Gamora to make that work better than I might have thought it would if I was just told that this was going to be a thing in it. I, I think there's enough, especially for, you know, one's covered in makeup and the other's completely CG, and yet I want to see where this goes, and I have some, you know, there's something there to make me care about the fact that this happened. And there's a lot of little things like that that I think work as far as which actors are really giving it enough to make me think, oh yeah, these are good actors for a reason, and they can make this comic book movie work better than it needs to because of what they're bringing to it. I guess I agree that like Roland plus whatever CGI magic they did gave that character more heft than it, he probably deserved uh, or that you would expect. Um, I don't know. It is kind of, I, the motivation is interesting to me. I would say that there's a moment oh. where I, I felt I felt him, and, like, I did that. There was a moment, of, like, further into the movie where I had some empathy toward him. But at the beginning, I, I don't know if I was... I, I, I kind of, like, Mark, I don't know how if I was buying it quite as much of, like, we're going to build this, like, somewhat credible villain who has, like, three dimensions. Uh, I think the acting later kind of maybe sells something that's a little harder of a sell than... And also, why why is it fifty percent? Why is it exactly fifty percent? What is this arbitrary number? Balance, John. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, well, he, we he, he mentions that he that was his original plan um, on Titan that he suggested that it would be fifty, get rid of half of the population, rich and poor, indiscriminately, like a rant, yeah. Yeah, yeah, indiscriminately. So yeah, yeah, I, I got. It. I mean, but, but yeah, fine, whatever. I miss the Thanos <laughs> that's doing it for death. I like that he had a, I like that he had a, he had a, I like that he had a posse of henchmen to do a lot of the big oh, acting yeah. for him. Like that helped too. Like I don't know who plays who plays Ebony Ma. The um... well, do you like that he buried Carrie Coon? Carrie Coon's <laughs> television starlet is just buried in a thankless role. <laughs> Nobody even knows she's in the movie. <laughs> that the, her, the her, her banker knows that she's in that movie that's for sure uh the the, the ebony market tom von lawler that's who i see here he's like the the one that talks the most amongst all these yeah uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, he, he, it's he a, was everything yeah he's he was, great like, like i'm so, I'm so sad that there's not more of I him in this movie thanos's crew <laughs> just completely over it being like why am i even wasting my time talking to you people like <laughs> No, they were. I mean, that's what that's what we were kind of saying is like the bench is just insane. It's insane. These people we're talking about the how good the like actors are for the henchmen, for goodness sakes. Yeah. And so I think that's just like that's why I mean these movies are kind of just too big to fail. Like you just can't put this much talent in, on the screen and not have it like just work uh, at least on a purely entertainment level. I mean, we can sit here and have some existential crisis like A.O. Scott if we want uh, about the, val- the validity of even trying to unpack it as much as we somehow have uh, for a temple like this. But um, but I just it, it really is just fun to watch so many talented people get to play in the sandbox. With that in mind, I want to move into kind of spoiler territory where we can talk more about, obviously, things that happened that we haven't mentioned oh, so yeah. far, but also like MVPs <laughs> of the film, because I do think we can explain further why we think they are such because we can talk more about it. So I'm going to say at this point, 
anybody that's listening that has not seen the movie, somehow you missed out on being a part of the $250 million box office opening weekend, um, you know, uh, maybe fast forward or go and see the movie and then come back to this podcast, the first thing that you do, obviously, and uh, continue listening. But yeah, spoilers ahead now. We can you know talk freely and clearly about you know everything that happened in this movie. But I want to start, we'll get, we'll get to the ending eventually. I want to start with, I want to start with who we thought like stood out the most as far as, you know, the actors and whatnot, because I have some clear thoughts on this. Chris Hemsworth. I think I agree. Hemsworth is delivering in this movie. I, I, and you know, he's my third favorite Chris. (laughs) Behind Pine and Evans. Wow. No no love for Pratt. Pratt is a distant fourth. <laughs> wow. I mean, like, way... He'd have to do... He'd have to win, like, I mean, don't an we Oscar. Our, don't we have to give our Chris Wars rankings now? I mean, I I, I think... Yeah, okay. Uh, O'Dowd, Pratt, Tucker, Hemsworth, Rock. Evans. O'Dowd. <laughs> I didn't even know O'Dowd was on the table. I would put O'Dowd above Pratt. Um, yeah, Chris Hemsworth, and I've dragged his career choices lately because he only seems to want to do big studio remakes and franchises but here he was so good at like taking sort of where Ragnarok left that character off so he's much even though I've always thought Thor was humorous he's much funnier now but I think what was brilliant is this movie really allowed him to explore sort of the emotional depths that that character you know, has in, in what's almost like a throwaway monologue that he's giving to Rocket Raccoon. That's <laughs> like, I just think like, it, it shows he's like he's evolving into like a next level leading man because I think in the original Avengers he would he didn't hold his own as much and now like he kind of so easily kind of commands the attention even in the but, in the face of. Of other big actors now, I agree that I agree he's great, but I think he was great in Thor Ragnarok. I think that's the one that I sort of took, sat up and took notice and like, wow, Thor is really coming into his own in this film, and so I, I think this continues that. But uh, Thor Ragnarok was the one where I feel like I sort of was ready to say yes, uh, Chris Hemsworth really is all that. Yeah, every every that scene with Rocket Raccoon is, is my favorite scene in the movie. It's just I, yeah. <laughs> utter it's brilliant. <laughs> it's like that single tear came down his face and Yeah, he I, was he, he was Denzel in glory all of a sudden. Ooh. It's like where's this coming from? <laughs> <laughs> yes. I was like, all right, I, I in that moment I was like, could I bump him above Chris Pine? Could I do that? It's for just... this it's such, a, it's such a good scene because it's like he's talking about like all the people that have died in his life, how old he is, and like still rubbing, like kind of running it off with like a sense of humor, but also there's clearly like some bitter sadness going on there. It's like all these things in one where I really cared about this. I cared about it more than most of the characters in the movie. The other one for me that I would mention, I mean, there's three that I think are the tops here. I think uh, Hemsworth, I think Saldana is very good in this movie, and uh, Benedict Cumberbatch um, is strange where. He's been at Cumberbatch. I already, you know, expect a lot from him. I think he's a very talented actor and probably in the higher tier amongst this very large cast of people. And Strange is a movie I liked okay. Here, I like that he's fully formed Strange already. And so he's he can do all the things he needs to do. But the way he delivers a lot, I mean, between the sparring with Downey and just kind of the, there's a solemnness to him as towards the end of this film when he's kind of, you know, he's, he's, making, he's making it clear that th- things are, 
they're gonna be you have we have to do it this way because things will work out this way just the confidence he has it, it just shows me like oh yeah i can believe this because cumberbatch is here like he's doing a good job with this yeah he was good I like I thought I, I was what because I I was because of how like strange is kind of like warmed over on me over time. It's like I've liked the movie more as I've watched it more. I just think oh yeah he's in complete control now. Like I like this. I like what he's even with the American accent he's forced to do. Like it's fine. You know, I still don't feel like I fully comprehend what Doctor Strange's abilities are. There's a scene we're talking spoilers now, so I don't <clears throat> think this is a revealing anything major, but. There's a scene where he like turns into like 50 versions of himself and he's like putting laser beams onto Thanos and I'm like oh why did he do that earlier like he th- put that's... him in the mirror verse it's it's complicated it's, the it's, mirror, he's yeah. got magic powers magic's the complicated dim- the mirror dimension <laughs> he sh- he should use that power more often i mean when that when he turned into like 50 i mean like the audience gasped i mean there was like oh, what is going on here that was like it was yeah. a, a technologically enjoyable scene. I really like that. <laughs> yeah. There's a, like there's several scenes in this movie where you know people display their their magical powers. I mean, you know uh, what's her name? Okoye notices it when Scarlet Scarlet Witch. I mean, yeah. she's got power. I, I don't Scarlet Witch that powerful. What well, so I'm not I'm not a I am not a scholar of these superheroes, but I started talking about this with somebody who is, and they're like, oh yeah, Scarlet Witch is like the most powerful one of everyone, and I'm like, really? Because she should use those powers more often. Well, she learned, you know. After, I think what helped that character in particular was if you if you watch Captain America: Civil War and you see how they're all fighting, and then you see her come in there throwing everybody left and right and hitting people with cars because she came there to fight. I think that she took, you know, the desire to learn how to fight um, to heart. And the movie does a really good job of bringing her powers into that. So it's like we can still have, like, a fist fight, but what does a fist fight with somebody who doesn't actually have to punch you look like? That still doesn't stop Thanos. He still hits people, even though he has the ability to, like, mind control and all that, but... What I was noticing more the second time around was how much, especially in the fight on Titan with the Guardians and Stark and Spider-Man and Strange versus Thanos, how much they're working to keep him from using his glove. I, I noticed that a lot yeah. more the second time where their 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 goal is to keep him from closing his fist. Like, that's very important to them. And I, I did like the choreography around that, where all the attempts that they're doing to fight him involve making sure he can't close his fist so he can use the stones to, you know, well, that's, wreck shit. I mean, that's probably the best part of the movie is the fight on on Titan. that planet yeah yeah <laughs> star lord oh my god yeah that's annoying His... star lord is the single reason <laughs> that they lost in this movie because the whole, he... the whole fate of humanity rests on it and you can't control oh, your emotion you could hold that together guys, if you seconds. had your girlfriend get thrown off a cliff so somebody could get an infinity stone you would be emotional too nebula wasn't I helping would... she's all like let me keep telling you things that happened that you probably wouldn't want to hear right <laughs> what, now <laughs> what i would have done is i would have snatched that gauntlet off and used it on him like he <laughs> like mantis is on this dude's shoulders holding his head and his thought is let me punch him in the face. <laughs> God, he is the worst. No, the I mean, worst. what you're speaking to, I mean, obviously, you know, that's what happened. But what you're speaking to is kind of my issue where all of the, you know, th- there's less character here, more let's everything that people say and do is about plot. It's about moving things forward. And that's exactly what that scene is. It's manipulative and it's a shortcut. It's a shortcut to 
okay, so how does Thanos escape this? Well, we'll just have Star Lord get really angry. Like it's just, it's, there's not much thought there to me. It's just like, okay, it's, that's it's the most, con- it's the most convenient way to get him out of this situation. But I mean, but it, but but we've been prepped for that. I mean, we've we've worked on the Star Lord Gamora relationship for uh, quite a while. Have we though? To that extent, <laughs> I don't know. I like to root for it, but I mean, it's like you said. You know, I mean, they're, they're only together like, now. Like they weren't together at the end of two. They're only together because it's been what, like, in the timeline of this universe, has been four years since that movie. So we can, we're just, we just assume that they have a relationship, and now there's, you know, they're kissing and saying "I love you" and stuff. So it's like, all right, like that's. And at the end of two, it was assumed that they were ready to take that step. <laughs> fine whatever my i mean my mvp always is gonna be uh oh now i'm gonna screw it up uh i mean it's nebula but <laughs> yeah, karen gillen i love karen gillen so much um so i was glad she was even in this but i mean on real mvp level i think you kind of at least on our yeah the top two i think are hemsworth and and, and zoe's Saldana. I mean, obviously the heartbreak moment of the movie now that we're in spoiler territory, even though we know it's all good because he just came into existence, but when Tom Holland, aka Spider-Man, dies, it it broke me. And it's kind of amazing that like that Tony Stark, Peter Parker relationship over the course of like three movies has already made it to that point. And I guess maybe that's a testament to those two actors, but that that was the tough one for me. <laughs> yeah, that whole every so and this is what I mean when I was like the first time I saw this it was it was grueling because I was prepared for Tony and Cap. I was like Yep. And I I had thought of every terrible scenario possible <laughs> that Marvel might throw at me. <laughs> and then Marvel was like LOL, we are going to kill off Every new Avenger, <laughs> it seems like. And this, the way that they did it with, like, Bucky turning to Ash in front of Steve. And then T'Challa telling Okoye to get up because that's not a good place to die. And then Peter's was so slow in comparison to those other ones. And that was what was killing me. Was like It felt like he was trying to fight that off in a way that the others couldn't. And I was just like, oh, my goodness. And even though we know that he's coming back, and this is where I sort of disagree with a lot of people's opinions on the ending in in terms of, like, it being, like, a cliffhanger or, like, it not being satisfying because it could be undone, is, like, what... But what does that do to advance these characters? Like, Tony Stark, that's probably the closest he will get to having a child you know, ever yeah, so in the talk, MCU. He, he was talking about Gwyneth with having a baby. Yeah, <laughs> at, the, at this rate, she's about to divorce him. Uh, <laughs> you know. But like... But Wong's invited to the wedding. <laughs> that, but like... Keep going, I'm He sorry. essentially lost his child. You know, what is that going to do for him in the next movie where we have to try and figure out whatever? Like all of these, the stakes of that moment are less like, oh, it can be undone in the end, and less like, how in the hell are they going to even have the strength to attempt to get this gauntlet to undo it? Like, that's what I'm interested to see. I I hear you on all this, and I feel like Mark's probably going to agree with me for the most part on this, but it's not... 
it's not that it like it it doesn't have an effect on me as far as like this is a horrible thing happening in this universe mm-hmm. but it, but it is because of the just knowing the nature of how movies work where i'm turned off by the extent of that sort of damage like if it was just like one or two characters i care about getting stabbed and dying it's like yeah that's going to make me feel something but when you have spider-man and black panther and everybody but like those two particularly because it's like there's no way they're not going to come back again yeah i don't it's, feel it's anything too much it's it they, is, yeah, it is. Much. if one person died you'd be like oh my gosh i'm gonna cry but you really you eliminate half of them and you're like oh this is silly or they're all coming back somehow yeah, but it wasn't that was the the plan i think you know we are very knowledgeable about the movie industry and i really do wonder if we were not, how this ending would play. Oh, clearly, clearly there's audiences that are going to eat this up as far as, is this it? Like, they don't know everything. They don't know that this is yeah. part one. They changed the title, so it's not even part one anymore. So it's like, yeah, I get that there's a contingency of people out there. I mean, there are people in my theater. The second time I saw it in IMAX with with, my, with Anna, like, people were upset. Like, people were crying. It's yeah, like, I, I, was, I, I, I get that that's a thing. That was honestly <laughs> one of my favorite parts of the rewatch. was like, I just can't wait to see how emotionally devastated everybody else will be. Because I've already moved past it. It's like, I can credit the film for that, in that regard, as far as taking that sort of step and giving audiences, like, a really, like, a really dark ending to have to play with. Yeah. But it's like me personally. I mean, I mean do, were, were, it audiences, so far. were audiences sad when Superman died? I in, mean, Superman in what, died in, in, in what? A, in what? With the BVS one? The Batman v Superman movie? Yeah. Why do we have to talk about? Well, just that, <laughs> like, it's, it's, a, it's one of the many examples of where things yeah. are undone and, like, it doesn't mean anything. I think so. that people, I think that people were genuinely like, what the hell? And, I mean, even I was, even though... I had already read the script for a previous draft, so I knew that was going to happen. But then I was like, they're not going to really kill. Like, that's too bold for DC. They're not there yet. I was, and then they did it. So I was like, oh, okay. I, I that was, There's a whole bit mess of problems going on with why that just didn't well, work see, for me. But then, as then <laughs> their issue was that they showed the dirt floating on the coffins, you know. They, oh, like, they they gave you a hint, yeah. They immediately give you a hint. And in this one, There's even though even though we know, you know, and it's like they just wanted you to be like, this movie was about these characters trying to stop him from getting this thing so that he couldn't enact his plan. And the end of the movie was they lost. It's very similar to Earth 2 in DC's universe, but this is a better version of Earth 2 because Earth 2 you just hate all of your heroes on the way to them losing. You know yeah. whose de- death really kind of bothered me? Because mo- a lot of the people die with just sort of floating into ashes. But before that, uh, that scene where Thanos plucks the jewel out of Vision's forehead uh-huh. and then throws him aside like he's a rag doll, it, like, it really bothered me. Like I saw that that scene probably affected me more than any other as far as like a a death and like seeing like oh my gosh that was just he was just so violated in that scene and i just found that to be really it was difficult actually to watch even though the physical illustration of it wasn't vulgar but just the idea of how easy it was for him to i mean vision he's he's a powerful guy well they defanged vision hardcore for this because they stabbed him so he couldn't 
be a superhero for the whole thing. To to back up a second on Vision, I'm just curious. Did anyone else wonder if Paul Bettany's okay? Because he looked really skinny when he was in Paul Bettany form. And I was like, is he all right? He's, he's, he looks pretty gaunt right I now. I was... All I was thinking was, can we please fast forward to this, this, this relationship? You're, you're no, done. just this, yeah, I don't know this relationship. I, you, I, I will say that that one, I just, I don't know if they they connected the dots to really earn the, the Scarlet Witch no, vision thing. They didn't. And then he's 20-something years old. Come on. Like, well, he's a robot. doesn't matter. <laughs> but Paul <laughs> Bettany, in human form, it, like he wasn't even an ant, you know, vision of them. <laughs> He was Paul Bettany. Um, so yeah, that. But yeah, his death was tough. I had forgotten that Thanos had the time stone the first time I saw, and so when he started rewinding Vision back to being alive, I was like, God damn it! Well, no, that's yeah. That was that was why honestly I didn't have too much of a like. It's like that, destroying that stone meant nothing to me. It's like he has the time. You can just take this back. Yeah, like, it's not gonna I, turn. It's not gonna get rid of that. The movie had so traumatized me. Fair enough. Okay. And stressed me out at that point that I was forgetting things. Like, I forgot that Doctor Strange died, and my roommate reminded me, and I was sad all over again. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, that was that. I knew that that was that was a particularly brutal thing to watch because you really knew in that moment that it was all over. Yeah, it's uh, well, it, it makes me very curious how four plays out. Like, I'm I'm certainly I, I'm I'm fully aware that. If they stick it, if they really do a great job of the next one, then it could make this movie better by default because I have right. an idea of where it's going to go. Right. So I like I can't I can't be mad at this movie because I need to see what happens in the fourth one. So I'll decide after I see the fourth one whether I'm mad about this one or if I think three was just absolutely brilliant. But like if everyone's ending like you know singing "We Are the World" and like Loki and Heimdall are there also, it's like come on guys, like what are we doing? No, I do think I do think that Loki Heimdall. And Gamora, I think those deaths will stick. See, Gamora, oh, I, yeah. I, 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 I agree. About that's Gamora. A, I don't see how Gamora can stick. Oh, really? So well, I, that's a good point. I, I actually, I agree with Terrence. I think Gamora's death is final. Yeah, like that was a big and very well, much. She threw her off the cliff. I mean, that was just sort of like. Yeah, but uh, if you undo just... one thing, like how that's my curiosity. It's like, well, if you undo it... something, can you redo everything? Like, right. Gonna... Well, and the people have well, pointed out that that's not in the timeline of everybody else's death, so that would be the the argument. No, I get, I get the reasoning why. It's just, it seems but like Guardians would Three also... would be dependent on having her involved, also. So I don't know. right, it really depends upon the wielder of the gauntlet, like a Thanos or. Somehow they get the gauntlet in in the fourth one, right? But somebody has to pay that soul stone price, and that's why I maybe think they, that her maybe... death in particular would be final because that's a big. Maybe they can do a crossover with Superman. He can just fly around the Earth like really fast, and he can go backwards. <laughs> well, that's that's what Captain Marvel will do. They they tease the Captain Marvel thing at right, the end. Right, so Brie right, Larson right. will yeah. do that. She'll fly around. I, I don't backwards. I don't know the history of these characters, so but I've yeah. It's, she's basically is... the same. She flies and can but, beat up stuff. So right. <laughs> I just got that going. Turn, turn back time. Yeah, I exactly. do kind of wish that like they had the either foresight or like took another cojones step here and like had a year or a year and a half of like this timeline existing because none of the movies in between are going to actually be yeah all we have with is half it. the world like if they actually like made us endure some new movies with either introducing a new hero or two or you know finally that scarlet or, or not scarlet uh black widow uh movie or something where like 
everybody is dealing with the psychological. Re- you know, it's well, just I'm, uh, I'm sure the, the pe- leftovers, Marvel Cinematic Universe edition. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure the people. Endur- I'm sure the people enduring Agents of Shield on a weekly basis will have to deal with that. I guess, right? I don't know how that show works, but <laughs> probably. Yeah. Um, um, you know, yeah. Je- Jessica Jones is going to be really pissed. But. Yeah, the, <laughs> the, 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 the street heroes are going to be like, where'd your money go? What's happening here? <laughs> Crime is down, guys. I think we're doing a pretty good job as the defenders. But it is, it, it, I mean, it was, uh, I mean, a fairly brilliant subversion because I know. I do, yeah. I, I we get... all knew, we all thought Chris Evans was gone for sure. And instead, we're going to get more of him. So, Well, I'm. I'm now back to DEFCON 1 worried well, <laughs> for yeah, this but, next movie. Well, what's interesting is I would have thought Hemsworth was done too, just because I I figured the momentum's so there to get to the female Thor that, like, that would happen. But but he's becoming, like, kind of... The pivotal character. Like, the second, <laughs> like, the second in command uh, yeah. to Downey as far as importance to this franchise. I, 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 I'll I'll, I'm, I'm curious, because uh, this happened both times I saw the film, um, if the Thor entrance with Groot and Rocket was like the biggest reaction people had, because it was like, yeah. that was the loudest moment as far as people like I missed a lot of movie during these during the first screening, especially as far as hearing stuff. The IMAX had better acoustics so I could hear everything. But like the eruption of applause for Thor and Storm was it Stormbreaker or whatever? Stormbreaker. Stormbreaker yeah. along with Rocket and Groot coming in. That was like everyone was just flipping out in the theater. Yeah. The first time I saw it at the El Capitan for the press screening. Mm-hmm. I didn't even hear Peter Dinklage say that the Stormbreaker could summon the Bifrost. The Bifrost. Oh. And so when that moment happened, I was like blown away because I was like, "What is going on?" And then, but I mean, yeah, that got the biggest reaction because you need at that point you were like, "Our heroes, oof, this is you know." Yeah, they're all getting clobbered by they, weird six-legged monster things. Yeah, like the, <laughs> the Russos are really good at being like. This is looking really bad for you guys. Isn't how wow. awful is it? It's terrible. And then here comes, you know, Thor to help everybody out. Well, right. Like, and this is the first movie in this group where we're all like, well, maybe like the bad thing is going to happen right now. <laughs> yeah. You know, and like Thor is going to get there so late that like, oh, crap. <laughs> Speaking of uh, speaking of freaking out over scenes, by the way, when Red Skull emerged, I was like, "Oh my god, this is great!" Like that was, re- <laughs> I really like Hugo. I mean, he's not in this Hugo Weaving, but I liked him as Red Skull in the first Cap, and I was like, "Oh good, they finally brought back Red Skull." I was just really happy about that. He served a purpose. And comics wise, they're like they they try to trip you up because they have him dressed as Death, right, Terrence? Like they because Thanos is obsessed with Death in the book, and he's yeah. not he's not in this, but it seems like they're kind of paying tribute to that by dressing up Red Skull as death to begin with, and then he reveals, it's like, oh, it's Red Skull, never mind, but still. Yeah, and I also think that it was great, you know, for that character to be like, I held an Infinity Stone in my hand once, and now I'm, like, tasked with seeking, helping people seek a treasure I can never have. Yeah, I, I generally like scenes of movies people, or where they explain what they were doing in the previous movie. <laughs> That's always fun. Yeah. I mean, that was just a good, it was like, yeah, that does deserve to be your punishment, you jerk. <laughs> you know. Any other thoughts on Infinity War? I'm trying to see what else we could cover in all of this. It's a it's a big movie. There's a lot of things going. On. Did you guys like Peter Dinklage, by the way, as wonderfully cast as a giant? Yes, I like that. Giant that was, yeah. was a good uh, good visual. I liked it. Mm-hmm. I was like, I guess as long as I don't know, I I will admit that that one was like I was like, is are we are we? I guess. It, 
I guess since he agreed to do it, we're allowed to be like, this is fine. Because <laughs> <laughs> you kind of worried the audience is laughing for the wrong reasons at the beginning, but, you know, I guess... I mean, my, kinda... <laughs> my second audience recognized him and was like, oh, like that's like Tyrion Lannister, and now he's gigantic. And so they had, like, it, it took a, a bit for that to sort of sink in. Yeah, it's uh, it, it doesn't help that he's like playing it big, <laughs> like he's playing it like he's he's playing like he's doing the voice the same as Thor, like Thor and Chris Pratt making fun of Thor, like the big voice, the booming, the booming low, low kind yeah. of baritone take on it. <laughs> but it's like him. And it's like well, he's smarter than this, but all right, he's he's doing yeah. it. But, Did you like the subtle flirting that was going on between Gamora and <laughs> Thor and Peter Quill? Slowly trying to inch his way into the conversation. <laughs> no, that was just all, that was all gold. Drax, gold was the Drax was the highlight. <laughs> but Drax is like, always great. <laughs> he said it's like a pirate had sex with an angel. <laughs> I like the Sicario reteaming of Benicio and Josh Brolin. That was fun as well. It's a nice preview for the sequel. Um, but um, what else? Uh, I, 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 there's a lot here. I, I think we've covered plenty within all of this as far as our thoughts of the film. Um, and we still have more show to go. So let's move on. Um, where should people go and see Avengers Infinity War? Terrence. Uh, see it on the biggest screen possible with the be- best sound. Actually, you know what? The best sound is more of a requirement than the biggest screen because this movie, has the dialogue is really great. So being able to hear it <laughs> is important. How about you, John? No, uh, uh, yeah, no, see it in the theater. I agree that, like, I definitely lost some amid the amount. But I like being in a theater like that where you actually, everybody's super into it. But you, you definitely lose maybe uh, a, a, some dialogue here and there just because uh, the actors aren't in a, in a, you know, a sitcom waiting for the laughter to die down. <laughs> <laughs> that's next season of the MCU. There you go. That's, that's for Ant-Man and the Wasp. That'll be a lot of Paul Rudd looks to the camera like, hey, I said that line. Uh, Mark, how about you? Yeah, definitely a, a theater. It's It demands to be seen on a big screen. Yeah, I am in agreement. It is a lot. I mean, as much as I <laughs> seemingly come down to this movie, I like it a lot. It's very fun. They filmed it with IMAX cameras. I saw it the second time with Anna in IMAX, and it looks appropriately large, and I would recommend seeing it that way. Also, because IMAX is great sound, which I agree with. Sound is very important in a movie like this to hear things, because there's a lot of dialogue that you get missed um, for people cheering so much. Uh, but no, there's there's a lot to recommend here. I mean, it's, it's, it's a lot of movie that's a lot of fun that you kind of want to see during this time of year. Uh, during this season and given that there's so many other big movies coming out it's like yeah this is this is one to kind of to match as far as sheer entertainment value um but yeah all right that was avengers infinity war that that's that's a lot of movie to cover and i'm sure once abe gets back on this podcast he'll want to talk about it a little bit too so i might have a whole out now nights episode going over it even more so stay tuned for those kind of things but for now we're going to move on to out now feedback 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 that, that, thank you, bonus, for the, the extra emphasis on the last back there, which is very important. It's how this show keeps functioning. Um, this is where we go over the various questions and answers on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash podcast, where I asked the listeners a number of questions, and they gave us responses. Um, and then they gave us questions, but I don't think we had any questions this week, so I guess, which is good because it's already a long show anyway. Um, so here we go. We're going to just get into questions. I'll read the answers. Then you, uh, Terrence, John, Mark, feel free to lend in your answers as well if you have any. Cool. Sounds All good. Right. All right. Cool. First up. Needless to say, you don't have to answer this one. What did everyone think of Avengers Infinity War? 
Hank writes, very entertaining, lots of good comic book action, counting the days until the next one. Becky writes, I enjoyed the movie. I thought there was action throughout the whole movie, and I love Thor. Alessandro writes, so epic. Gave me all the feels. Best birthday present ever. Can't wait to see it again next week at the IMAX. Smiley face. Joe writes, was was this that weekend? Uh, Catherine writes, I haven't seen it yet. I'm watching it on Tuesday. Manish writes, it was a lot of fun. Stephanie writes, it's a it's like a, a like a shocking emoji face. And Susan has three cry face emojis. So, yeah, lots of reactions there, obviously. Um, next question we have, what are your favorite New York-based action sequences? Philip writes, the Royal Tenenbaum was making trouble with the grandkids. Uh, Dennis writes, that first Avengers movie was great. And Justin just simply puts, Escape from New York. What is a favorite New York-based action sequences? How about uh, French Connection? That's a good one. I like that. How about the... Subway in subway sequence in Cloverfield. Ooh, I like that. Is most terrified I've been in a movie theater. <laughs> is is the Samuel L. Jackson Die Hard? Is that New York? I was gonna say that too, actually. Yeah, Die Hard of Vengeance. Yeah, <laughs> that was my answer too. <laughs> uh, the the cab chase through um, Central Park. Yep. That's what I was actually thinking of just for all that happening. Uh, let's see, next question we have here. Who are your favorite superheroes based on their secret identity as opposed to their superhero, to the superhero they become? Uh, Dennis writes, uh, Peter Parker. He's who I grew up with and related to um, with his uh, daily issues. Uh, Justin writes, Wonder Woman. I latched, I watched Linda Carter as Diana Prince growing up. And Philip has Steve Rogers. So who are, who are superheroes you like based off who they are when they're not superheroes? I mean, I like Tony Stark. Yeah. Um, slash Iron Man. I this is a good question. That's a really good question. Uh, um, who are I you, mean, my favorite, <laughs> my favorite, my favorite superhero is is Superman, and I love the silliness of the Clark Kent thing, particularly because like, even though it annoys everybody who's not a Superman fan, you definitely can put on a pair of glasses and change your hair up, and people will not think that you are the person that that you are so it's funny and he's so I, different yeah i mean like he's so dorky you know as a yeah it's funny because i'm not a huge superman fan but i i give ultimate respect to christopher reeve for really playing up that persona i really enjoy that i mean i like that movie's great and i i really enjoy what he excuse me particularly did to make christopher reeve to make clark kent be a very distinctly different person than who superman was I, I, yeah like you even if he is Six four two twenty five, like Superman. You're like it's the shoulders. Just... Like he just slinks his shoulders down, and it's like, yeah, yeah, I get it. I see the difference here. Like that, I believe that. I can't say the same of Henry Cavill. As much as I like Henry Cavill, it's like he's not even doing anything. It's not. <laughs> it's not Henry Cavill's fault. <laughs> no, it's not his fault. I think Henry, based off just how funny he seems to be when he's not in these movies, it's like I can't wait for him to get something that harnesses his abilities because he's very good at what he can do if he's given the chance to do it. He was good in The Man from Uncle. Just I'm he gonna is. put that out yeah, there. He yeah, is. he is. I look forward to him and his mustache and Mission Impossible Fallout. There's <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's way less. I'm like slotting people through my head. I'm like there's actually a lot less secret identity stuff than I thought. Like I was like even like like the X Men don't really do secret identity that much. Hardly. And the MCU is like, very much emphasized how much that's not a thing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because I was like, man, I was like, 
So then you had to like fall and yeah, it's kind of more of the old school ones like a Bruce Wayne, you know, Bruce Wayne's fun when he can just be dumb party Bruce Wayne, at least like, I mean, that's my answer. I'm a bet, you know, I'm a Batman fanatic. Yeah. Bruce Wayne. I was like, I was really hoping to come with something different. I'm like, Oh, that, that person doesn't really, doesn't really hide their identity or that person is it really, you know, but it's more of those originals like a Captain America or an Iron Man or a Peter Park, you know, or a Spider-Man. Like those are, kind of the only ones like <laughs> not that it's necessarily uh, yeah, like a secret identity but i do enjoy ruffalo's bruce banner i do think he does a good job with that character i, I like no, how he, yeah. how he plays it um next question that we have uh what's your favorite romantic pairing between superheroes uh philip has agent carter and cap uh justin has hulk and black widow might even say hulk and thor hulk and thor i think he's just thinking the, like, the ragnarok i guess camaraderie yeah, the romance yeah I mean, would you count like Batman and Catwoman? Yeah. yeah. Okay. I would. I'd go with that then. I don't think it's been depicted well in the movies. <laughs> I don't know if it ever will, but I mean, I'm I'm a Jean Grey, Scott Summers, you know, Cyclops. <laughs> the answer is no. They have not done a good job with that. In the movies. No, I know. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, someday, maybe someday. <laughs> I still can't believe they pushed Jean and Wolverine so hard all those years and basically threw everybody else to the side. Um, favorite romantic parent? God, that's... Actually, as much as I'm like, why do these superheroes not have realistic romantic lives? I, I can't think of one. Um, well, we just saw one, but I know you didn't like that one. Oh, if you're talking about Vision and, and yes. Scarlet Witch, absolutely right. not. <laughs> just like Bruce, Bruce, Bruce and Natasha could have worked yeah they kind of put that one to the sideline to be honest i was surprised yeah. I oh, guess maybe. there's no there's no oh, time. Yeah. the next one there's no time anthony mackie's like this is awkward and then, awkward. That's the and then they move on yeah <laughs> that's another thing with... that's another thing about the ending of the movie where everyone's looking really sad i'm just looking at mark ruffalo in this giant cg hulkbuster cut it's like yeah, yeah. I'm not, it's not really not really feeling it for for this giant cg thing in the background of so many people sad about this i'll go with agent carter and cap that's a good pairing not the love story of the MCU, but a good pairing. All right. By the way, Don Cheadle, War Machine still doesn't actually know whether Falcon's gone. <laughs> He's like, where'd he go? Oh, that yeah, was that know. was that was tough. I think yeah, he, he, he got he got the message. <laughs> I think I think he yeah, did that. I mean, yes, he definitely did. But like, <laughs> yeah, that um, was tough. I like how they're best friends. Apparently, He's like, okay, yeah, the black guys stick together. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Aaron, you now. <laughs> oh, I'm waiting for the uh, deleted poker scenes between him, Nick Fury, and T'Challa coming out. No, so you know. Yeah, you, I bet you if you if we were to just you know dive into the the world of these characters, not these movies, and we were like, so now that you know about Wakanda, what do you think? All of them would probably be like, why the hell did was I not told? <laughs> yeah, because Cap knows and nobody else does. Yeah. I like to think that they all prank call Luke Cage all the time also, just, you know, just because. Anyway, um, our next question. In honor of the mighty Thanos, what supervillain has seemed like the most challenging to overcome? Uh, Jason writes Darkseid, Magneto, General Zod, Sinestro, and Reverse Flash. Dennis writes the seven evil ex-boyfriends from Scott Pilgrim. Yes. <laughs> Richard writes Chairface Chippendale. Tyler writes Death from Final Destination. Uh, Philip writes Professor Moriarty. And Justin writes Magneto. What's a supervillain that just seems unstoppable? 
the Velociraptors from Jurassic Park. <laughs> okay. I don't know. That's. I mean, I feel like the the easy answer is Magneto, but they seem to stop him every time. It's hard to... They do. <laughs> I mean, he, just, he lifts something very heavy, and then you know they kind of like, oh, we got it. <laughs> like he lifted the world in the last movie. Apocalypse. That's what he was doing, and they he stopped. They just talked him down. He's like, "Yeah, all right, you're right. It's it's a little much." Well, this question is so much harder after this movie, right? Like, <laughs> we've actually gotten finally to like the top level. I mean, Galactus is like a, the one I always wish would get a good one, a good movie. <laughs> Surely Fox will sort their stuff out and get that right. Any day of now. course, I mean, I, 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 I'm hundred percent confident. You know, Tim Story's good. Tim Story's good. Executive produce that Silver Surfer movie someday. You know. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's move on. Next, what's what's your favorite unique location for a superhero battle in film? David writes Waverly Station train station in Edinburgh has to be up there. Uh, Justin has Sampran Tokyo from Big Hero 6. Oh, yes. <laughs> Favorite unique location. Uh-huh. Yeah, I got nothing on this one. <laughs> I mean, I thought it was brave of Zack Snyder to set Batman v Superman in a dirty bathroom. I thought that was like, oh, that's that's where they're fighting, huh? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I like... I don't think I'm ever really looking at the location. I'm more focused on, like, the action itself. Well, there's some unique places. I mean, they're in, you know... The fields of Wakanda or New York, or a lot of New York actually, because they're all seen. The New York seems to be a pretty big hub for these people. Uh, what Ant Man? Ant Man? Ant Man has a. Uh, they're on the little kids' train set. That's a pretty unique one, I would say. Oh yeah. Oh uh, yeah. I'll go That's with that one. one. That's a good answer. What are you gonna say, John? You said something about the first Superman. Oh, uh, I was gonna say that first. I actually kind of like the first Superman before the final fight, and so the first fight, I thought that was a well-staged, interesting place to kind of have a throwdown. Wasn't it kind of supposed to be Smallville in some way? Oh, and Man, are you saying Man of Steel? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, Whatever I was like, I was confused. I was like, what's the one is. Yeah, yeah, yeah the one in the one in Kansas that's set in the like the small town street. The yeah, one, the yeah, one where yeah. they destroyed the town that has nothing to go back on after Superman destroys his home place. And you're like, all right, <laughs> who's who's rebuilding Smallville? <laughs> Luther can rebuild Metropolis. Who's rebuild? Who's who's replacing the corn mill in Smallville now? I don't know. It didn't literally look like anybody lived there. <laughs> they had an IHOP, John. Clearly, people yeah, they lived were there. in the IHOP. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Which I think, Mark, you pointed out in your review, the IHOP would didn't make it in that movie. Oh yeah. No, neither did the bank. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All the all those personal savings are gone for mom and for pot mom and pockets. Um, here's the next question. This should be a fun one. What four or five characters make up your personal Avengers who would fight alongside you? Uh, Jim writes, Harry Dean Stanton's character from Repo Man, Dr. Buckaroo Banzai, Snake Plissken, Spike Spiegel, Dr. Manhattan, and Furiosa from Fury Road. Mike has, give me Sam Jackson, Denzel, Chris Pratt, and Margot Robbie in Harley Quinn mode. And Justin writes, Darkwing Duck, Superman, Wonder Woman, and Aaron and Abe. Okay, so these are these are not necessarily Avengers. These are just five five ran- characters. Yeah, that would make up characters. Your, your, your Avengers. Okay, I'll go. I, I would do Superman, Corbin Dallas from Fifth <laughs> Element, Han Solo, Ripley from Alien, and I love the Guardians. So Star Lord, Chris Pratt makes the cut. He makes the cut. <laughs> so we need five. Four characters. or five. Yeah. Four or five. Okay. Superman. I want. Captain America, I will take... Uh, Ripley is such a good 
choice, but I don't want to copy you on that one. Um, <laughs> it's okay. I'll share her. Because that's brilliant. And then I will take Laura Dern from Jurassic Park. <laughs> nice. Somebody with a great intelligence. I, I love it because you said Laura Dern, and I was like, wait, is it Ramblin' Rose? Is it <laughs> – what is it going to be? Yeah, I, I just can't remember her name, her character's name from that movie. Ellie. Um, let's see here. Um, I'll take Ramona Flowers from Scott Pilgrim. Um, I was then I was like thinking I wanted Baby from Baby Driver, <laughs> so I had a getaway car. But then that okay. was making me very heavy on one specific filmmaker. Um, I don't know. I I guess Wolverine. I got I, I kind of get Wolverine in the mix. Um, who else though? I'm just gonna like get really weird and say Jubilee. <laughs> <laughs> uh, poor and... Jubilee. Just. <laughs> and then I'm like, I'm like, what action? And then, uh, and I'll take Maximus uh, from Gladiator. It gets things done. Uh, yeah, no, I'll take I'll take a Batman and a Spider Man. I'll throw Storm in there because he controls the weather. That's just really powerful. That's just you know that helps. It's and then, just the elements, yes. Yeah. And and then you know Godzilla, you know why not? <laughs> Just throw him on, throw him on the team. <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <laughs> it's right there. Uh, okay, last question we have: Do you prefer grounded or cosmic superhero adventures? As in, you know, the Earth-based stuff, or like, hey, they're in space now. Uh, Dennis writes, any. It's the characters that do it for me. Thanks, Dennis. Way to get deep. Um, Philip writes, I enjoy the wide variety of the genre has developed, which has been the key to maintaining my interest. I hope for more subgenre exploration in the future, like we got with Winter Soldier and Ragnarok. And Justin writes, I prefer just good superhero movies. So nobody had a straight answer for it. I was going to say, nobody answered <laughs> What is the question? <laughs> Do you prefer Earth-based superhero adventures or the cosmic ones, ones that go out in the universe? So, I mean, I, I sort of agree with what people said, but Obviously, if I had yes. to pick, I think yeah. I would go with Grounded, simply because I think the stakes are more real and so i go for that kind of you know like a earth-based battle where you feel like it is about these human beings and their lives as opposed to something that's a little bit more nebulous like what we saw in infinity war earth-based oh, I'm, I'm i'm cosmic like it's not even close i mean <laughs> literally what three out of the best five are are cosmic guardians one and two and thor and like this is Maybe the this is close to the best Avengers, and that was because of its intergalactic. So, I mean, that's a little bit more on the MCU. I guess I, that's me thinking MCU. Well, if outside of this, do, I'm if to, they could I do mean, the Earthbound ones better, then maybe my choice would change. But if we're talking about what exists, like when they've gone to the cosmos, they've gotten a lot better. All right. Well, yeah, we didn't get any questions, so that's going to do it for out now feedback. But we can move on to feedback, feedback, feedback. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, you, you breezed through it, so I didn't sorry, have a chance. Sorry, sorry. Well, thank you, thank you for, for no, attempting Aaron to make this I mean. work. No, I hear what you're saying. But now we uh, we still do have a little bit of time for this thing that's not pulling up correctly. Hold on, give me a second, because it's coming. It's going to happen. It's going to happen just right now. Here we are. It's time for games. There it is, guys. That's, of course, the improv theme for games. And I have a game for you guys this week. It is called This Means War, 
which is of course a trivia game about Tom Hardy, Chris Pine, and Reese Witherspoon. But no, that's that's not what I'm doing. It's it's more that's my this means war joke that I had. Um, we're <laughs> we're actually doing a game um, where I'm going to name two actors that are against each other in a film, and you have to name what the film is. I feel like this is easier than it should be, but we'll see. I look we'll forward see. to losing like usual. Okay, <laughs> if you think you know the answer, yeah, yell out your name and then the answer. Cool. So oh, you right. yeah. So you're like buzzer is your name. Your buzzer is your name. Yes, and I'm going. So I'm going to name two actors that are against each other in a movie. Sometimes more, perhaps, but yeah, for the most part, just two actors, and you have to name it. So here's the first one: Russell Crowe versus Joaquin Phoenix. Jonathan Terrence. John. So that's Gladiator. That's Gladiator, which you brought up. Oh so yeah. yeah. <laughs> you're on the board. There you go. <laughs> here's the next one: Christian Bale versus Hugh Jackman. Terrence. Terrence. The Prestige? The Prestige is the correct answer. Oh, wow. There you go. Here's the next one. Ian McKellen versus Christopher Lee. Terrence. Terrence. Lord of the Rings. Yes. The, this could be The Two Towers. Incorrect! Wait, what? Terrence... <laughs> you're you're out. You're, Lord you're of out. the Rings. You're, you're, yeah, 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 you're out. You're, yeah, you're out. Stop it. Right. <laughs> what was it? you said? Ian McKellen and who else? Christopher Lee. I mean, feels like this should be pretty simple at this point. Well, well there's two other, <laughs> I, 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 two other answers. I just, Jonathan. Jonathan. Uh, Lord of the Rings: Return of the King. Jesus, you got incorrect. Mark, you have a steal? Mark, the Fellowship of the Ring? Yes, the Fellowship of the They have like a magic battle in that movie. Okay. I was trying to think I of... thought it was the Two Towers, to be okay. honest. Okay. They've had, they had more than one, didn't they? No, they have yeah. a full-on staff battle with each other in Fellowship of the Ring. Wait, is Christopher yeah. Lee... Is he the white? Is he the white wizard? Though? Yes, he's, he's the white uh, wizard. He's, 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 he's uh, Sauron. Doesn't Sauron he go the white. bad in the second one, and that's he's, when he would fight? No, he goes bad in the first. He's bad all along. He's bad in the first one. <laughs> they have a whole battle of staffs in that movie. I'm not even a huge rings fan. Come on, guys. Does Mark Jesus. get a point for that? He does. Yes, he did get a point for that. Two other options. Yes, I gave the only correct answer. So yeah. So yeah. They, <laughs> well, you're all on the board. Here we go. Next one: Betty Davis versus Joan Crawford. Terrence. Terrence. Uh, whatever happened to Baby Jane? Yeah. That's correct. Yes. Yeah, I went older on that. What? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I almost said feud. <laughs> well, like, wait a minute. That's yeah. not the name of the movie. Here's the next one: Will Ferrell versus Vince Vaughn versus Ben Stiller versus Luke Wilson versus Tim Robbins. Jonathan. Jonathan. Anchorman. Full title. Ooh. <laughs> no. Mark, if he doesn't get it. Anchorman colon. Um. <laughs> God this is it. so rude of you, Aaron. <laughs> I don't remember the subtitle anymore. Mark. Legend of Ron Burgundy. It's yep, up, done, Mark. Yeah, yeah John got it. Say, he still deserves John it. John pulled it in. Yeah. He pulled, I know. <laughs> it's more fun this way. Here's the next one. Wait, what is, wait, what is it after the You call? got it. No, that's it. The Legend, oh. of, the Legend of Ron Burgundy. The sequel is The Legend Continues. Uh, Here's the next one. Brad Pitt versus Eric Bana. Terrence. Terrence. Boy. Troy is the correct answer. It's a close game, guys. Here's the next one. Alec Guinness versus James Earl Jones. Terrence. Mark. Aaron Terrence. Star Wars. You're good. I just read Star Wars. <laughs> I, okay. I, I was ready to be like episode four. I call it Star Wars. It's the, That's what it's called. It's Star Wars. It was called Star Wars in yes. 1977. Yeah. It's a new hope. <laughs> Here's the next one. 
<laughs> I did that on purpose, by the way. I wrote the Anchorman one first, and then I wrote the Star Wars one knowing it would piss one of you off. <laughs> Here's the next one. Mel Gibson versus Jason Isaacs. Jonathan? Jonathan? Ransom? Incorrect. I like where your head's at, but it's not Ransom. <laughs> Terrence. I, I know this is wrong. The Patriot? It is the Patriot. Oh. You don't know J- Jason Isaacs? You know, the bad dad in those Harry Potter movies. <laughs> Captain Lorca in uh, Star Trek Discovery. Anyway, next one. Goldie Hawn versus Meryl Streep. Mark. Mark. Carnet. Death becomes her. That is correct. Here's the next one. Harvey Keitel versus Keith Carradine. <laughs> this is my favorite one to put on here, by the way. <laughs> I have no idea. <sighs> I will say it is the debut film of a named director. Mark. Mark? The Duelists. The Duelists is the correct answer. Ridley Scott. Rid- Ridley Scott's The Duelists. A couple more. Leonardo DiCaprio versus Daniel Day-Lewis. Terrence. Jonathan. I heard Terrence first. Gangs of New York. Gangs of New York is the correct answer. Boo. <laughs> Here's the next one. Kristen Wiig versus Rose Byrne. Terrence. Terrence. <laughs> Bridesmaids. Bridesmaids is the correct answer. So you had whatever happened at Baby Jane, you had Death Becomes Her, you had uh, Bridesmaids. A lot of girl power going on here. I wanted to keep it even. Yeah, this is the <laughs> This might be the only, this is the best I've ever done in any game on this podcast. I normally lose. <laughs> Here's the last one: Antonio Banderas versus Lucy Liu. This should be worth five points. Jonathan. <laughs> Jonathan? No, I'm not feeling good about this anymore. Um, never mind. I was in Charlie's <laughs> Angels. <laughs> Terrence. Oh, Mark. The Terrence. Oh God, The Mask of Zorro. Nope. Mark? No, it's a it's a horrible movie, right? Mm-hmm. Ballistic X versus Sever. That is correct. Ballistics oh. X versus Sever. <laughs> All right. I refuse to believe that Mark had that information on hand. <laughs> I, I refuse to believe that that's a movie. If I can I remember it, it, Mark. It. <laughs> All right. Let me let me count these up here. We go. Uh, Terrence like beat my voice by a second on the. <laughs> on a few of those that, that hurt my ballistics face. ballistic x versus sever with a zero percent rating on rotten tomatoes yeah it's that's, that's, it, like it holds that like title one of those so-called worst movies ever made you know i feel like know. i remember the trailer i remember those two playing off each other mm-hmm. uh, john unfortunately you came in last place this week in games uh mark you put up an effort but you came in second place but it is terrence who dominated this week in games so good job on you you won this means war what's the tally though it's. Would you count this again? This <laughs> Shut up, John. God. Mark, what do you say? Oh no, I, I just, I don't. You lost. Why do you want to know the tally? I, <laughs> let's not. Let's not dwell on. Close I was. Just, let, let's just say congratulations, Terrence, and move on. John, you weren't very close. That's the answer. You got two correct. <laughs> well, I feel like I got more than two. Nope, you didn't. You got two because you Son messed up that Lord of the Rings one. one. If it makes you, uh, Jonathan, if it makes you feel better, one of them was because you both got it wrong. <laughs> so I just said, I said the only one that was left. So. All right, let's move on. Let's let's move on. That was games. That's over now. <laughs> We're moving on. We're getting to out now. Presentations out now. These movies that are coming out on Blu-ray or DVD this week. Give a simple yay or nay if you have any opinions on the films I'm about to read. First up, we have Peter Rabbit, which I enjoyed. Never, never saw it. 
I, I enjoyed it more than I expected to. Uh, 12 Strong, starring Thor. Seems like a, si- a silent no on that. Okay. <laughs> I, I thought it was well. Okay. Uh, Mary, Mary and the Witch's Flower. This is from uh, Studio Ghibli. Oh, animated film, right? Yeah. Which uh, I liked. I saw that one. Uh, Winchester. It's not good. Oh, spoilers. It's not, it's not a good movie. Um, here we go. We all saw this. Tremors, A Cold Day in Hell. I think like the seventh or sixth Tremors movie starring <laughs> starring Jamie starring Jamie Kennedy. <laughs> and it, no? and you, you have seen it? No takers? No, I have not seen this. Oh. <laughs> um, In the Fade. This is the uh, the German, I believe, uh, Oscar nominee. Or like uh, the one that they put up for an Oscar nomination. Oh, I actually have that on DVD and I never watched it. You got this it's get the it's a screener. Pretty good. Yeah, yeah I, I enjoyed two thirds of it quite a bit i think I, yeah I, the first two thirds the first two thirds yeah because then it 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 started as a movie i wasn't expecting uh-huh and then it turned into a movie i wasn't expecting i so. agree with that i still like the movie overall i think the first two thirds are strong it's, it's like a big court part in the middle where i'm like well, i'm into this <laughs> like I, yeah. I, I, i'm very riveted by this stuff right now what, what's her name diane kruger is the star of the film and she was she did she win she won at can right like for best actress mm-hmm. yeah so that was a big like, and then it didn't get nominated for the Oscar. So, regardless, it's still you know it's worth seeking out. It was kind of a surpri- it was a surprise that it didn't get nominated because I think it yeah. was one of the front runners. Yeah. Yeah, but um, you know, everyone, what's that one that got nominated? That was like why uh, that the, um, uh, whatever it doesn't matter. Um, let's see what else. Uh, Mamma Mia, tenth anniversary edition Blu-ray in four K too. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Just yeah, that movie came out ten years. Yeah. Oh wait. Wow. Made, made more than Iron um, Man. Just say it. It's true. <laughs> it is terribly d- directed, and Pierce Brosnan cannot, cannot sing. sing. <laughs> Do we know is is Meryl Streep in the sequel? Well, she's in it, just not because, much. Because and then Cher's in it too, so that gives them a a chance to recreate their scenes out of Silkwood. <laughs> I'm sure uh, maybe Kurt Russell drops by too for a spell. <laughs> Cher's character pops up post Meryl Streep's character's life. Oh, what a wasted opportunity. Have, have you not seen the trailer for this movie? I've avoided it. They, they didn't play it in the Avengers screening? The Mamma Mia trailer? Uh, they, played, they did play it in my Avengers screening. <laughs> wow, that's, yes. that's great. Uh, let's see. The last thing here is Please Stand By. I think this is like a Star Trek thing with Dakota Fanning. Yes. What? I've barely. It's like she's like a fan of Star Trek. Like it's like her on the poster, like doing like a Vulcan sign, and like she's a big Star Trek fan. That's what I know about this thing. That's nice. All right, but yeah, that's out also. All right, that's out now. Princess, that's out. Let's move on to extremely cool these things that are now streaming on Netflix or Prime that I wanted to make mention of. Uh, First up, John Mulaney, Kid Kid Gorgeous, hits Netflix on uh, May first, which I'm excited about. I like John Mulaney. Oh my gosh, he was so funny on Saturday Night Live. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> that was, yeah, he was, the, I don't know if you saw Drag Queen Brunch, but that <laughs> skit is classic. I don't even know this guy. I mean, I sort of, I'm aware of him, but I, I'm not like, I'm not, he wasn't on my radar. And after seeing that and how quirky and sort of like dark and, but funny that whole skit was. And then some of the other things in the film, uh, series too. I, I, I got to check out his uh, 
his special his snap he's, specials. He's cause... got one already on Netflix, and yeah, this one's coming out too. Abe and I are big fans of John Mulaney, so it, 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 mm-hmm. I I constantly see it pop up, and things are like five minutes. I text Abe immediately. John Mulaney just killed this comedy special, <laughs> like in five. Minutes. And, did, and did you watch Saturday Night Live? I did. Yeah, no, I watched, Yeah, okay. I, I was excited for that one because he's like, okay, oh, he's yeah. hosting. Yeah, his I, I figured was, you would, but that that lobster thing was ridiculous. Anyway, three <laughs> um, percent season two. Oh, what is it? Is it Spanish? It's Portuguese, Portuguese. Brazilian. Show. Brazilian. Yeah. There we go. I knew it's. Yeah, I knew South America. Trying to think of the country. Yeah, season two of that show. I heard good things about that one. I haven't started it, but yeah, it's there. Um, and the man who knew infinity. I saw that's on Netflix now. I never saw that one. I think Mark, you saw that. Is that with Dev Patel? Oh yes. Yeah. Well, that's. It's, it's kind of forgettable. That's not just a, a sequel to to the Avengers. Yeah, it's a prequel to the Avengers. <laughs> it's the man who knew infinity, <laughs> the character. He's the one that created the stones, you know, Mister Infinity. You um, <laughs> uh, that's on Netflix. On Prime this week, I noticed all the Bond movies are back on Amazon Prime. So I'm like, all right, yeah, if you want to go watch Bond movies, they're there. And uh, Frailty, which is just a really good horror movie that I like recommending. Bo Paxton directed and stars in it with Matthew McConaughey. It's a good. Movie. I I always forget the title of that when I try to bring it up because I it is one of those ones where I, I uh, for whatever reason when I watched it back in the day it, like mm-hmm. always stuck in my mind. Because it's a damn good movie. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, so that's extremely cool. Next week, I am honestly not sure if we're going to do a show uh, next week. Unless Abe does one without me, uh, I'll be attending an event that I need to be a part of. And I don't know if I'll be in the emotional space to deal with a new podcast episode. But I will say that Tully comes out next week. I will be seeing that. And if we did do an episode, it'd probably be focused around that. Um, but the last thing we do here is what should people go and see now? And what do you plan to see next? So let's start with Mark. What should people see in theaters right now? Uh, go see Infinity War. Easy enough. Where do you see it next? Um, uh, what am I seeing next? I guess. Well, the the thing that I'm mo- let's say the most thing I'm most excited about seeing it comes out in a couple weeks is Deadpool two. So probably that. There probably is something before that, but I I can't. I'm not sure exactly what it would be. Book club. That's yeah yeah. It's book club. <laughs> no no. <laughs> It's not that. Oh, boy. That Book Club is about a team of four well, that's... women that assemble. <laughs> that looks like a miserable experience, but, you know, what, who am I to say, I guess? Well, it's one of those things where it does have a lot of, you know, uh, legends of acting in it. Yeah, it does waste so. a lot of legends of acting in it. I agree. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, boy. John, how about you? What should people see in theaters right now? I mean, I got probably, yeah, probably Avengers. Yep. <laughs> uh I would say that, yeah, of the stuff I've seen that's still in there. And as far as uh, what I'm looking forward to seeing, um, you just got me pumped up because I hadn't checked the exact time of when Tolly was coming out. I've been, I've been waiting for Tolly for a long time because Diablo Cody is one of my favorite writers of anything. Um, and then, well, if it's uh, anything like Young Adult, then I will be I will be there. Young Adult is one of my favorite movies. Oh, I love that movie. Um, and then, and essentially this is supposed to be like kind of a sequel, but also crazier, uh, like weir- weirder, I mean, um, and then, uh, I'm for sure need to get my butt to, uh, the quiet place this week. Finally. You haven't seen that yet? No, not yet. I haven't had a chance. He's got movie. He's got movie pass now. He can see it whenever he wants. It sounds good. Uh, not a sponsor. The power's uh, in my hand. But, uh, Terrence, where can people, watch people, where you get, what you, nah, excuse me, what people go and see at theaters right now? Uh, you need to go see Infinity War because the embargo for people being nice to you and not spoiling the movie <laughs> is over. Um, so see it. 
Um, and what do I want to see next? I, I kind of want to see blockers. I do too. I mean, I don't think that's a because long thing to say. I just be, people that I respect have seen it and are saying nice things about it, and I never would have thought that movie was like that. So maybe I, I'll see it, even though it's for, what, for what it's worth, I didn't care for it. But yeah, like it's I a bro- good balance. Yeah, I broke down. There's one very funny scene. Uh, where they're sort of deciphering what these different emojis mean, and that's that's a funny. The adults are kind of like explaining it. Yeah. That's funny, but the rest of it is just it is to me. I thought it was just your standard kind of thing. I know I've read reviews where they say it's it really flips the script and it's so different. And I was just like, I yeah, know. I want to see for myself if that's really what it's doing. <laughs> Speaking of comedies, real quick to. Does anybody here like Game Night? Did they like that? Oh Am yes, I for Game, Night. Game I, Night. I never wrote a review for it, and and it's it's probably my favorite comedy of the year, even okay, even more I, than the Death of Stalin. Yeah, because I thought the previews <laughs> totally looked different. good, and then I didn't really hear much about it. I'm so, so I, these people like Mark have praised it immensely. I'm just like, yeah, it's fine. Like I don't care time with it. Oh yeah, Game Night is wonderful. I really enjoyed that. There's some but, there's some direction that I was like, oh, that's why they get to do the Flash that I was admiring in Game Night. They put all this crude stuff in blockers, uh, but then they also kind of like at the end, all the adults learn something and they sort of practically face the camera and explain what they learned. And it's like, oh gosh, you're you you just had a guy's genitals being mangled by someone's hands, and now you're trying to explain to and someone got an alcohol enema and now you're saying like oh let's all it's just like I, the mix of it was just like no you you can't be uh you can't give us uh, see, sympathy see what you're what you're saying i don't think it's as egregiously done in game night is that but i that's kind of my same issue where it's like they all kind of learn something at the end of this one night how convenient for them in the midst of everything yeah, I, you know, <laughs> I really i really like uh Jason Bateman and I really like Rachel McAdams in that film and I don't know and maybe it's their chemistry uh, and I guess I just didn't I did like John Cena I thought he was very likable in Blockers but the rest of the cast I couldn't get into it so I just well actually who's the guy the the other guy that was um like Baron Holtz yeah he I he had some moments too I mean I don't know anyway there, yeah. <laughs> I'm uh... <laughs> I, yeah, Avengers is what you should go and see. I think Isle of Dogs is pretty great, and I would say you see that as well. If Death of Stalin is still out in theaters, which I believe it is, that's certainly a good recommendation as well. And yeah, I am going to see Tully next, which I am excited for. And I still want to see You Were Never Really Here with Joaquin Phoenix. I've been wanting to see that. I just kept missing chances to do it. So hopefully I'll get around to that before it leaves theaters, because um, I'm sure it's a laugh riot. But um, anyway, let's uh, <laughs> let's move on from there. Uh, that's going to do it for this week's episode about Now Out There Entertainment. You can find more of my work on my personal blog, thecodezeek.com. Uh, you can find me writing movie reviews as well as TV reviews over at weliveentertainment.com. And you can find me on Twitter at Aaron's PS4. Uh, Mark Hoban. Uh, you can find more of my work on my personal blog, fastfilmreviews.com. And you can also follow me on Twitter, Mark underscore Hoban. Uh, Terrence Johnson. You can find me at linawalter.net. Uh, and on Twitter at Lenoir that's L-E-N-O-I-R-A-U-T-E-U-R. And you can also find me on the first episode of the Los Angeles Online Film Critics Society podcast. Talking where we're talking Infinity War. <laughs> okay. Uh, Jonathan Van Dyke. Um, I mean, I don't know how much use you'll get, but my, my, my Twitter handle is Sir John Van Dyke. So I, I exist there, but barely. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, now that you got that movie pass, you can get that that blog you don't have going, right? You can. There you <laughs> go. <laughs> but no, thank you, John, Terrence, and Mark for joining me today to discuss Avengers: Infinity War. Thank you for having me. Yeah, thanks. A pleasure. For sure. You can find all the other episodes of Out Now Out There today over on iTunes and Audioboom. You can find us on Facebook and Twitter. You know all the places you can find us. We've got lots of things. Lots of shows coming up. Lots of summer to have happen. Lots of competition to have unfold as far as the gamble goes. So, yeah, lots of good stuff on the you know, coming in the wings. So, yeah, until next time, so long and goodbye. couldn't end this podcast without having to hear from Abe on his thoughts on Avengers Infinity War. So Abe, what did you think of Avengers Infinity War? Thank you very much for doing this. You're the...